Welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag, everybody. This is the time where you get a voice. I get to respond. We get to have a little fun here on the WWE Podcast Mailbag, where it's all voicemails and emails from the listeners. So we've got a lot to get to tonight. I don't know if this is going to be in two parts. We'll see at the end of this. Obviously, as you're listening, we'll see if this got split into two parts. But I'm going to try to cram everything in, and we're going to get to all of those calls, all of those emails right after this. So you guys know I don't do a whole lot of clothing brand partnerships unless I really believe in them. And I found one of those today that I want to share with you because it's really inspiring. It's called Hustle, Grind, Grow. So the website is hustlegrindgrow.com. And who they are is really simple. They're a brand that represents people who are willing to do what other people aren't. What that means is relentlessly pushing through every obstacle to achieve your goal and reach the next level for whatever you're trying to achieve. It's for people who refuse to be outworked by anyone else. Hustle, grind, grow. It can be applied to many different areas of your life from working towards graduation or getting your job, that job promotion that you've wanted, working out, or even starting a new job that others felt was out of your reach. This brand, their goal is to inspire you to remember that you are capable of greatness. And all you need to do is get some hustle, grind, and grow gear, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So what kind of gear do they have? And what kind of gear do they have? Very simply, hoodies and t-shirts. And on these t-shirts and these hoodies, what does it say? Things like hard work works, change is inevitable, growth is optional. There are also others that just have the brand on it and say hustle, grind, grow. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee. This gear will inspire you and it will inspire others as they see what you are working for and towards. So check out hustlegrindgrow.com. You can also find them on Instagram at hustlegrindgrow1 or TikTok at hustlegrindgrow1. So check out their gear. It will inspire you, and I can guarantee that you'll be placing an order soon once you see what they have to offer. So check out hustlegrindgrow.com. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks, affectionados, or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured, uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people 
reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitaliBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitaly Boost's health guide at VitalyBoost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitaly Boost's supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to VitalyBoost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's VitaliBoost.com. V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants, me. Mickey, let's, let's go to WrestleMania. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. This is my iron. You're going to acknowledge me. All right, welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag for this Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. Hope everybody is doing well, and I'm going to forego the typical plugs that I do for my ad free experiences. You guys all know where you can get ad free with Patreon and with uh, the Apple podcast. So um, I guess I did still promote it. Boy, I just can't help myself, can I? All right. Well, let's just jump in as the same shameless self promotion ends and your emails begin. And let's jump into it because oh, and by the way, guys, we have Mr. And Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan back next week already, because it's a pay per view week next week. So that means next week, I will be doing voicemails, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan, doing all the emails. So I will be passing the baton to Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan next week. So uh, that will be on the January 26th edition of the mailbag. All right. So let's start with uh, let's start with the top of the show here, uh, or top of my email list with patrons, of course, getting priority. We start with Dennis. Dennis McGinley. I'm sorry, Randy. You actually were beat out this week. Randy, you're coming next. I promise. So Dennis, Dennis McGinley writes us and he says, Hey, Matt, about this ever long storyline with Naomi and Sonia. I think the talking is over and that at the premier live event, the Royal Rumble, attaboy, Dennis, the other GM has to come in the office and says, you're going to have to have a one on one match at the Rumble, but it will be a no holds barred match. This is because after all I'm sick of hearing about talking about them talking and doing things. Then I hear you talking. So I say it goes down at the rumble and that's the bottom line. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. If the rumble match is set or how W or does WWE somehow take it further? I know it's going to take, I know it's gone too long in my book. Yeah, Dennis, it's, I mean, it's gone too long. I I, I defended it. I defended it vehemently and viciously for many weeks and, you know, really months when many of you were already tapped out and said, I'm done with this. Let's just get to the match. I mean, look, they've gone this far. I could see them actually going all the way to WrestleMania as Sonya continues, or rather Naomi continues to just sit back and accept the punishment that she's given and not decide to go, you know, to Vince or to board of directors or whatever. And she just takes what she's given and cowards backs down and has the, she had the opportunity this week to 
haul off and beat the holy hell out of Sonya as she took her jacket off, and she didn't. It made they made Naomi look stupid and cowardice. Um, but that said, as far as how this is going to go down, I, I don't see how Adam Pierce is going to be the one to do it though. It's going to have to come from above. Eventually, Vince and all maybe he can take a break from his mumbling and fumbling and subtitle required uh, segments on Raw and SmackDown to just perhaps jump into a storyline that actually needs some help from upper management. You know, th- this is exactly the, the opportunity where we could have Vince have have his appearance actually mean something and and go above and uh, Sonya and uh, have him make an impact to make this match because I don't think it's coming from Adam Pierce because Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville are on the same wavelength. They're at the same level of management. You can't have somebody at your same level tell you what to do. They're not your boss. So it has to come from Vince. That's how it's going to have to happen because there's no other way. No other way. So again, that's why I think it happens. I hope it doesn't go to WrestleMania. It needs to happen at the Rumble, but we'll find out this week. You know, um, we'll find out this week. I was wondering by uh, the way, Matt, do you know any good old premiere live events? Maybe with the year included, I, I stream Peacock on my laptop. I was going back to watch the Ruthless Aggression era. Thanks, Matt. Take care. Have a good night. Yeah, Dennis, look, if you're looking for great content, I think the best documentary WWE's ever put out is the Undertaker Last Ride documentary series. I think it was like a five-part series. It was expertly done. Just... I can't speak enough about the Undertaker Last Ride documentary. It was stellar. I could watch that on a daily basis. So if you're looking for that, of course, that's just singularly following the Undertaker and not an era, but it does cover a lot of his a lot of his life that you didn't see. And it's excellent premiere uh, premiere uh, piece of footage or a premiere documentary. So beyond that, yeah, Ruthless Aggression is great. Of course, anything Attitude Era uh, is very, very nostalgic and uh, there's a lot of great moments there too. I'd also, as far as WrestleMania goes, WrestleMania matches, WrestleMania 25, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time, if not the best of all time. Undertaker, or rather Kurt Angle, HBK, WrestleMania 21, I believe it was. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, of course, we have a- anything. The Rock Austin is excellent. You know, you have the triple threat at WrestleMania 20 between Chris Benoit and Shawn Michaels and Triple H. I would check that one out. Eddie Guerrero's title victory at uh, No Way Out 2004 against Brock Lesnar. Another excellent moment. So there's there's so much, Dennis. <laughs> so hopefully I've given you enough content to uh, fill you until next week. Um, you have one final comment and say that I thought this match of Omos versus Commander Aziz. Do you think it could go down? I think it would be a good battle. Interested in who they could come away with the win. Talking next week. Well, Dennis, I thought about the same thing. The thing, the problem is that they have not really protected Commander Aziz at all. I mean, they, they they haven't really they haven't showcased him in a way that would make it feel like a big matchup between him and Omas, other than the sheer size comparison, which Omas still towers over Commander Aziz. You know, beyond that quick visual, then people go, "Oh, wait a minute, yeah, Commander Aziz hasn't done much. They haven't done anything to protect him or build him." So I get the visual, but they have done next to nothing to elevate and to tell you about Commander Aziz or make him look dominant. Other than his, you know, uh, silver or his, what does he carry on? It was like a silver Q-tip that he carries around. Maybe he can threaten people with that. All right, Dennis, thank you for your email. And now on to Randy. Here we go. Randy, Randy, Randy. Let's see where we go here. He says, hey, Matt, Randy, the patron here. First, did you miss it? Inside her purse, Marie pulled out a brick. Ah, okay. Before I read anymore. No, I did miss it. And... 
I totally missed that. Thank you, Randy. It makes total sense. I was completely crapping all over the segment because she hit her with a purse that was looked empty. Thank you, Randy. If that's the case, I do believe you. I totally missed it. Uh, unless you were being sarcastic, that that no, I wasn't. I was being totally serious. That that's the way I thought it went down. I didn't see the brick. I don't know how. I don't know how I didn't see the brick. Anyway, I think Edge and Miz was a good rivalry. In a way, it gives Edge a break from going crazy because Miz does certain things. But I'm going to have to say that Beth will pin Miz to cause uh, WWE because WWE would do that. The question is, are Beth and Maurice back for good? The answer to that, I think no. I think this is a one-off, especially for Beth. Maybe Maurice sticks around in a, in a kind of supportive managerial role, but I don't believe Maurice is back in the women's division on a permanent basis. I never really thought she was that good to begin with. She's certainly an amazingly attractive woman, but I don't care about that from a wrestling perspective. Some people do. I don't. I think Maurice, from what I remember, was just she, she wasn't up to the grade that you would expect, especially at today's level of women's wrestling. So I don't believe they're back for good. Beth, I don't, especially I think it's just back for this one off. Uh, next, Lita coming out of or Lita coming out was awesome. One of my favorite women wrestlers. I met her. Such a sweet person. Uh, her saying, ha, her saying she has it in for one more run. Then she is coming back after the rumble. Yeah, so or think she's coming back after the rumble. So I noted that too, Randy. I didn't really speak much about it. I, you know, WWE certainly needs the depth in the women's division. But they need the depth of Lita, you know, a woman who is, well, she's in her mid-40s now, mid-40s, maybe upper 40s. Again, not shaming on age, but if you're trying to go youth, 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 youth and build stars, I I don't know. I mean, Lita becoming women's champion would be fun, but I don't know if it would be the best thing for the women's division other than it would be, people would be talking about it, and maybe that's the whole point. But I don't think, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it was just kind of a tease. I don't believe she's actually back for one more run. I, I don't believe that. I haven't heard. That's not my take. I think she's just back for the rumble and then she goes away and back into the abyss until she shows up next year to fill a number in the women's rumble to make sure they hit 30. That's my thought. I could be wrong. And I wouldn't hate Lita back as a quote unquote full-time star for a, you know a year to help elevate this, help elevate the whole roster and you know make it fun it's possible and I wouldn't hate it. I just right now, as it stands with all the information I have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pull the trigger on that. Uh, let's see. What are they doing with Brock and Bobby? I love it. It makes me think Paul is going to screw Brock, but what about uh, aligning with Bobby? What about MVP? This time in WWE is crazy. So many possibilities. Randy, I, I don't know what to say, man. <laughs> yeah. And there's going to be so many suggestions that you guys have throughout this show. As I said, last show, that I cannot debunk or prove that it's a terrible idea because there are so many possibilities. And one might believe that, well, that, that creates the environment of anything could happen. There's so many possibilities. Yeah, but when it's so open and there's really no direction that you can even vaguely go down, you're lost in the fog. And sometimes being that lost where you can't see your hand in front of your face creates confusion it creates disinterest because there are so many possibilities now i don't think most fans feel like that i think some do i'm close to that point because there are just they're violating their own rules on a weekly basis 
which is a big problem for the draft for me. You know, like that in and of itself, I, I've ranted about many times and thought that is a terrible idea to take your own draft, come up with all these rules, and then violate them within two weeks with no explanations at all. So that to me is a, a problem. But that, that in and of itself, you're talking about Paul screwing Brock. I, I think it's coming too. I don't think it's going to come at the Rumble, but Paul could screw something up for Brock and it makes it look like an accident ultimately to be revealed. Maybe at WrestleMania, that was all a ploy, that it was all a, a plan from the beginning with the, the tribal chief and with Paul Heyman to screw Brock Lesnar. Maybe that's the case. I believe it is right now. And I don't think he's going to align with Bobby. MVP and, and Bobby Lashley are synonymous. I, I don't need Paul Heyman with uh, Bobby Lashley. That That's a weird pairing to me. So I think Paul is going to float his way back to Roman. Last thing, Cody Rhodes is a free agent, and people actually think he's going to go back to WWE. I think it's part of a storyline because there's not a chance, especially the way WWE is now. That's it this week, Randy. Randy, there is zero chance of Cody Rhodes. Honestly, like I put the chance of Cody Rhodes and CM Punk coming back to WWE, even in the Rumble, uh, this forbidden door that everyone's talking about, and I did too. And I've revealed who I think that Forbidden Door person is, and I think it could be Dean Ambrose or Chris Jericho. Um, those are the two individuals that I'm looking at as, or Braun Strowman. I've heard, I've heard that name too, where they could bring that person back just for a night for shock and awe value, and then they go away. Um, I think Dean Ambrose has. There's been a lot of hints of Dean Ambrose because they showed a, ma- a bunch of video packages this past couple weeks with Dean Ambrose in them, talking about the Shield and Seth Rollins and Roman and the match they're having, but they didn't blank out. Drew, uh, Drew McIntyre. They didn't like try to avoid showing Dean Ambrose, um, but I don't think Cody Rhodes is coming back to WWE. I mean, think about everything he stood for building AEW. It was the alternative. It, it was the it was the company that was supposed to provide the fans with everything WWE was not. Therefore, Cody Rhodes does not come back to WWE. I think it would it would look terrible on everything AEW stands for. It, it, I think it would it, fans would be pissed. Because I feel like they would feel like Cody's a fraud and not in a good heel heat way, in a, in a true, like, human being way that would turn people off AEW. That's how I feel. So, uh, all right. Randy, thank you as always. And let's see here. Oh, what do we have? We've got the G Man. And I think he's channeling his inner Eric Bischoff here, uh, if, if I'm correct. I can hear the, the music in my head. And he says, Matt, I'm back and better than ever. Yep, I got it. It's rumble season, and I'm so excited as always. It's like Christmas, but more better. Nice. Um, On to business. I'll be predicting my final four for the women's and men's rumble. On the women side, my final four is Natalia, Lita, Charlotte, and the winner of the 2022 rumble is Alexa Bliss. On the men's side, the final four is Seth freaking Rollins, Big E, KO, and the winner of the 2022 Men's Royal Rumble is Brock Lesnar. Yikes. Let me stop there. I'm about halfway through your paragraph here. I like Alexa Bliss. I do because then she is she can choose Charlotte, who that's her whole journey back to Raw is dealing with the anger of Charlotte destroying Lily. If she doesn't go back to face Charlotte, I don't know what's happening. I mean, it would make no sense. So Alexa could win the Rumble or she could get some other, find another way to face Charlotte at WrestleMania. I think either way that that is very possible and it, very likely. And Alexa Bliss is a hell of a choice and I can't debunk that. 
there's a there's a really strong case for Alexa Bliss. No doubt about it. What about Asuka? I think Asuka could be another floater out there. You know, um, and, and also Bailey, although I think Bailey is still injured. She, Bailey, from what I understand, is still a couple of months away. They do expect her to be back in time for WrestleMania season, but right now, in, in 10 days, just just no chance. So those that think Bailey's going to come back, I, I hate to pour cold water on it, but I haven't heard anything miraculous happening uh, with uh, her injury recovery. But Brock Lesnar winning the Men's Royal Rumble, boy, um, he, <laughs> I think that could be perceived in a couple of ways in terms of the live crowd reaction. The crowd could love this. And, and, and it, look, if if the final four is Seth, Big E, KO, and Brock, if that is the final four, uh, then I think Brock has a chance at being cheered. But if it's anything else, if there's another baby face in there that the crowd could could kind of get behind and even Kevin Owens is very endearing to the fans even if he's in a heel role I think Brock has a chance of getting booed and turning heel and maybe that's the point maybe the whole double turn is actually a, a process a process right now maybe that's the whole plan is to do this double turn Roman turns babyface Brock slowly on the on the heels turning down the heel road there's been indications of that with Brock disrespecting Bobby saying I don't even know who you are and just laughing all the time and and uh, just being super arrogant, you know, uh, but I'd be very careful if I was WWE. If the goal is to keep Brock Lesnar a babyface and have him win the Rumble, you got to be very, very smart about this. Okay, so now I want to hear all your uh, all your predictions to all the voice callers, emailers, patrons, and all the wonderful co-hosts, and to you, Matt. Who is going to be your final fourth for the men's and women's Rumble? I'm very interested to hear this week on the on the mailbag hashtag Gman Rumble Four. Trend this. Oh, and make this more fun. If anyone gets the women's and men's final four exactly right, you will run a free pizza lunchable when I deliver it, meaning me, to your place. And that, my best friends, is fire. Free lunchables. Can't wait to hear all your final all your final four results. Let's get it. Let's get ready to rumble, baby. And okay, man. Uh, appreciate you reading this. Have a good one, my friend. G man, you're putting me on the spot. You're putting me on the spot, and um. I, I will say I have not I have not given it too much thought. You know why? We haven't heard everyone that's in the Rumble yet. Now, I know they're not going to give you everybody. There's surprise entrance. I can't accurately give you that final four when we still have another show to go. So I hate to kind of sidestep your question, but I, I, I want to give you the most fully informed answer for both. And especially we got two Smackdowns and one more Raw. So I, I, I can't do that, unfortunately. I, I want to make sure that I am right because I want I want to give myself a, a lunchable. I mean, we have a lot on the line here. So, G-Man, thank you. I'll get that answer to you after the Rumble or after uh, we have concluded all the shows. It'll probably be in my prediction show that I'm going to try, fingers crossed, to have a co-host on for, hopefully Ashley. I know you guys miss her. Uh, I do too. So we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully squeeze her in. All right. Let's get to our next patron. And this is from the stranger. And he, he, here, he introduces himself. I, I shouldn't have stepped on his uh, toes here. He says, hello, WWE Universe. It seems we haven't met before. So let me introduce myself. I'm the stranger. Yes, the one your mom told you not to take candy from. Before we get to, into this, there's something I have been absolutely dying to ask me, ask me. 
Do you remember the feud between Andrade and Humberto Carrillo and the DDTs outside the ring where the mat was ripped up and they both took a turn getting their heads spiked into the exposed concrete? Those were the matches that really got me back into wrestling again, and I really don't know how they made that safe for the performers. What are your thoughts on this? I'm sure there was some trickery involved, but nonetheless, they sell, both of them sold great. They went even as far as to include each other and on them uh, on the injured list after each match. <clears throat> I have never spoken about that, Mr. Stranger. I've never spoken about that. Uh, and it's not that out of disrespect. It was, I think it was during the pandemic era, or as they like to call it, the Thunderdome era. And uh, that, right now, that's like a big black hole for me is that Thunderdome era because it's a time in wrestling that is dark <laughs> and, and of no fault of WWE's obviously with, with the world just uh, being turned on its head. And here we are two years later, but I do remember that in this dark abyss. I do see a, a light shining on my memory of this and I do that. And, and I remember watching that going, damn, you know, we don't see people pull up the mats too often because they are there as a safety net. Now, here's the thing. Mr. Stranger, I do know that they, they, they made this safe. And how did they make this safe? They use their arm and the person delivering the maneuver, holding that person, you know, you know, cinching their neck into the crux of their elbow and then dropping down to spike for the DDT. All of the pressure, 99% of that pressure when they hit the floor is going on the individual's arm, not on the skull of the person taking the maneuver. So the, the way that they look, made it look so good and they can do those spike DDTs is that the person taking the maneuver is so athletic that they're basically doing a handstand. They, they, they're able to balance their body straight up and make it appear as if they have been spiked on top of their head. But in reality, they're essentially just doing a handstand in that position. And uh, it, it was it, it's a very dangerous, it's a higher risk move, I should say, not super dangerous, but higher risk because there is no safety net. If that person's head does indeed come even within a half inch below the elbow, then that person's head will be spiked into the into the exposed concrete. But it's hard to, for me to describe it via audio. You'd have to actually have, watch me do it. And, you know, I don't think many people want to do that. It'd be a disaster. So that's the best way I can describe it. it. All of the pressure, all of the impact is going on that person delivering it. The person who's doing that maneuver that arm of that person. Okay, now that I got that off my chest, let's talk about some quality sports entertainment. The tag team contention match to face the Usos brothers was fantastic. As much as I hate these matches with so many performers in the ring, due to them looking extremely choreographed, there were some great spots in the match. The Viking Raiders were the clear winners before the match even began. Although they will lose to the Usos, they are a very formidable tag team, and it would be so nice to see more teams with this kind of in-ring work going on what is your all fa uh, all-time favorite tag team boy all-time favorite tag team no one's ever asked me that it's hard you know my immediate you know, knee-jerk reaction is degeneration x but they're not a, a tag team i did love road dog and uh billy gun the the new age outlaws i was a big fan of them um i did love different variations of evolution when they would were a tag team but if you're talking true Tag team, you know, New Age Outlaws were a true tag team. Uh, I would also say the, uh, the Legion of Doom, Animal and Hawk were uh, also up there. You know, um, boy, that that is a, a hell of a question and one that um, nobody's ever asked me. And uh, it's because WWE does not put a lot of 
time and effort into their tag team division and very rarely make it a priority. So right now I would say, you know, New Age Outlaws too cool. I, I enjoyed too cool as well with uh, Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati and uh, was Jerry Lawler's son. Or I can't, his name is oh, Grandmaster Sexay. So those all I know that we're talking about like trios, but oftentimes they would pair off and and uh, and have their own individual team. So there it is. Uh, Becky Lynch is doing one hell of a job being a heel at least for me, because every time I see her or hear her godforsaken voice with that painful accent, I just want to see her face down in a puddle of her own blood. <laughs> you know, listen, stranger, uh, I, you know, you're not very clear about what, you, if you like or don't like Becky, I think you need to use a little bit more plain language. You, you're you're kind of dancing around what you really feel about Becky. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, we, we finally see RK Bro drop the title last week. Although there were some redemption this week, I have a bad feeling creative plans on dragging this out for a, a week or two more. I missed a week and hope my hopes for Raw 2022 seem to be all tied up. The only thing missing is the chloroform. How do you feel about our new Raw tag team champs? Well, uh, I, I don't think I've ever had somebody mention the word chloroform on my show. Uh, but as far as our new Raw Tag Team Champions, honestly, I enjoy it. RK Bro has had a really nice run, a run that I don't think anybody saw coming when they, this team originally formed. They had chemistry. It was one of those just turn the camera on and, and things click in a way that was not expected. And they sold a lot of merchandise. They continue to sell a lot of merchandise and they're not broken up yet, but I believe they are very close. But as far as our new Tag Team Champions with uh, the Alpha Academy, with Chad Gable and Otis. I think it's fun. I think this is a team that has chemistry as well. They're real-life best friends. That uh, that really helps on screen because they truly enjoy each other's company. They feel comfortable with one another on screen. And you have the kind of the big, huge, burly guy, and you have the the, the guy that, the, the smaller guy that runs his mouth. You know, so like th- that's a, always a fun dynamic. And they both can, especially Chad Gable, can wrestle his ass off. And Otis is a guy that they've been protecting pretty damn well over the last several months. So I I really enjoy this. And they have, to me, uh, hopefully a long run in them. I must add, Vince's selfie. Oh, wait a minute. Before I continue, your 2022 comment made me think about if you guys are into video games and Raw 2K22, there's going to be a ton of news coming out tomorrow. Uh, from 2K22, it's a, it's going to be a massive info release day. It's not being released until March. The game isn't being released till March. But if you're into that kind of stuff, go follow WWE 2K22. They have an official Twitter account, and they said tomorrow, January 20th, which by the time you're listening to this will probably be today um, or in the past. <laughs> there's a ton of information being released, a ton. So I, I'm I'm big into that too. So uh, okay, I must add, Vince's selfie threat made me have some pleasant flashbacks to the, to my glory days. Well, this feels long enough, something that the man in the booth should feel from time to time. That's all I have for today. And now that we've met, you should all know the next time you look over your shoulder while you're in the store, walking to your mailbox or just waiting for the light to change because you feel as if someone's watching you just know that I am. See you soon. Well, yeah, I mean, with a name like stranger, um, certainly we would expect nothing less. You know, if, if you got that feeling that someone's looking at you, watching you, you just have that sixth sense. Yep, it's true. The stranger's watching. 
awesome. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, sir. And uh, let's get to our next patron. This one comes from Tommy. And he says to us, thanks for reading this. The Mailbag Show is my favorite. And I'm glad that I get the opportunity to contribute to it. Before I get into it, I want to give a shout out to Kanye Twitty for last week's trash list. I laughed so hard my stomach hurt. Yeah, he attacked me personally. I mean, he, he came after me. He said nobody was safe. Boy, he was right. You know, I have ad placements that are all over the place. And he disagreed with some of my opinions. It was a tragedy last week. But I'm glad you got some entertainment out of it. Uh, before I get to my comments, I wanted to ask if there's any chance you could do an AEW mailbag. With as popular as this one has gotten, I think that the AEW mailbag will be just as popular. Tommy, that's an excellent suggestion. Excellent suggestion. In fact, it's so excellent that I am not skilled enough to do this. Not only because I don't have literally any time to do it. Like none. I mean, I'm, everybody is you know, strained for time. With all of my quote unquote free time, I sit in front of my microphone. I mean, other than that, I'm playing dad or I'm working my full time job or whatever. So I would love to do it, but not only do I not have time, but I don't have the expertise. So either Mimi's going to have to commit to do this, which I can propose it to her. I know she's also super strained for time too, though. Or I can also ask somebody else who wants to be a co host, you know, or, or, or have their own show uh, for covering AEW. I know that we're looking currently for somebody with an AEW Rampage Roundup kind of show. Uh, if that spot has now reopened, if someone is interested in uh, doing an AEW Roundup show, or if they're interested in doing a, a news brief show once a week for 15 minutes, <laughs> then email me. If anybody, I mean, I'm being serious. I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic. We need two things, AEW Roundup and or AEW Mailbag. And number two is the um, uh, news brief host. It's been a revolving door on that one. So uh, again, nothing, no disrespect to any of our co-hosts who have done the mailbag or the uh, news brief. It's just uh, life gets us, doesn't it? It was just, we're all insanely busy. Um, But those are the two things that are open and a great suggestion, Tommy. Okay, uh, I will keep it short and only make one comment about SmackDown and one about Raw. My SmackDown highlight for the week was Sami Zayn's segment. Like a true heel, he peed me off by not going over that ramp. He is such a good character, and I'm looking forward to him winning the IC belt and making it relevant again. Tell me, absolutely. Sami Zayn is one of the more underutilized talents. Now you may say, he gets a bunch of mic time. Yeah, but in kind of he, he's portrayed as this joke of a heel never as a serious heel so i think while they're giving him mic time and they recognize that he's good on the mic they're not positioning him in a way that is serious enough to ever become like world champion at least right now so uh yeah but i'm looking forward to him making it relevant again too and it's not a it's not a slight on shinsuke it's this it's it's a big knock on creative and vince it's it's a it's a damn shame of what they've done with the ic belt it's, it's a criminal. I mean, there should be like charges filed. Okay. Uh, my raw highlight is more of a question for you in a possible scenario that I'm thinking might happen. With the way that I've, they've built up Omas, what do you think are the chances of him winning the Rumble? Here's what I think might happen. And this is what you're saying, not me. Omas wins the Rumble and Bobby Lashley takes the title off Brock. I think they have been slowly turning Bobby babyface and that will set up a babyface Bobby against the heel Omas for WrestleMania. What are your thoughts on this? Thanks again for the great show, Tommy. 
I don't think Omas wins. He'll have a hell of a showing. He'll make a lot of noise. He'll have some cool moments, maybe a face-to-face with Brock. But he doesn't win. Why? He's not ready. He's not ready on the microphone or in the ring. He's got the presence. He's got the it factor. He's a big man. But he's not ready yet. It would, to me, it would be really doing him a disservice. And the fans, I don't think, would... uh, I don't think the fans would necessarily accept it either because they have their eyes set on other individuals that could win. Uh, but he's going to make a lot of noise. And as far as uh, Omas, or rather Lashley taking the belt off Brock, there's a strong possibility there. In fact, there's a stronger possibility of Lashley taking the title off Brock than Omas winning the Rumble, I believe. Um, and I, I do also believe that they've been slowly turning Bobby Babyface over the last several weeks. They really have. You know, uh, and, and much more so than... Brock Lesnar, who has, I think, gone the opposite way, which this could be a whole double turn slowly in the making, as I alluded to several minutes ago. But I don't want Bobby versus Omas for WrestleMania. I, I, I shouldn't say I don't want it. Um, I, I would accept it. You know, if number one, Omas shouldn't win the Rumble. If they're going to do it, have Omas go the other way. You know, find a way, go go through a tournament or something and face Bobby Lashley against Omos. But they could do Bobby Lashley versus Omos at WrestleMania, not for the championship. Meaning that Omos doesn't win the Rumble and Bobby doesn't win the championship from Brock and they still could collide at WrestleMania. That'd be fun. I, I'm all for that match if the title's not on the line. Thanks, Tommy. Okay. All right. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? Since I'm so generous... Uh, and those of you that are on Patreon and the and or Apple podcast sub, uh, ad free subscription or f- uh, feed, I'm going to take a quick break for the sponsor of the show. But those of you that are on Patreon and the Apple podcast subscription, you don't even know that this is going to happen. But we're going to take a quick break for the sponsors of today's episode. And then we're going to be back with more patrons, including, yes, DJ Kuzmo, who will be back on the other side of this. Stay right here. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects, but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks, affectionados, or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people 
reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to VitaliBoost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitaly Boosts health guide at VitalyBoost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitaly Boost supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to VitalyBoost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's VitaliBoost.com. V-I-T-A-L-I Boost.com. So you guys know I don't do a whole lot of clothing brand partnerships unless I really believe in them. And I found one of those today that I want to share with you because it's really inspiring. It's called Hustle, Grind, Grow. So the website is hustlegrindgrow.com. And who they are is really simple. They're a brand that represents people who are willing to do what other people aren't. What that means is relentlessly pushing through every obstacle to achieve your goal and reach the next level for whatever you're trying to achieve. It's for people who refuse to be outworked by anyone else. Hustle, grind, grow, it can be applied to many different areas of your life from working towards graduation or getting your job, that job promotion that you've wanted, working out, or even starting a new job that others felt was out of your reach. This brand, their goal is to inspire you to remember that you are capable of greatness. And all you need to do is get some hustle, grind, and grow gear, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So what kind of gear do they have? And what kind of gear do they have? Very simply, hoodies and t-shirts. And on these t-shirts and these hoodies, what does it say? Things like hard work works, change is inevitable, growth is optional. There are also others that just have the brand on it and say, hustle, grind, grow. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee. This gear will inspire you, and it will inspire others as they see what you are working for and towards. So check out hustlegrindgrow.com. You can also find them on Instagram at hustlegrindgrow1 or TikTok at hustlegrindgrow1. So check out their gear. It will inspire you. And I can guarantee that you'll be placing an order soon once you see what they have to offer. So check out hustlegrindgrow.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Let's continue on the mailbag here in the WWE Podcast. Or, again, to quote Michael Cole, the WWE podcast. I don't know why he needs to pronounce it so just emotively. WWE. WW. I don't know. Just WW. Uh, anyway, every once in a while that annoys me. Uh, now that it's annoyed you, you'll never be able to unhear it from Michael Cole. Sorry. Um, let's continue. Let's get to, before DJ, of course, we, we, we do have uh, one other person. Alex. From the Patreon page, does write in and says, Hello, Alex the French guy here. I would like to stress a point that is concerning me. What does WWE need to be uh, better in? As of right now, I find the shows good, but not super great. I don't know if it's just me. Most of the storylines outside of the main events are forgettable. 
WWE's strategy is based on building stars, but there's a clear lack of star uh, superstars and good storylines to build them. And when some stars have the potential to become main event, they mysteriously are badly booked or released. And WWE knows it. They are capable of building good stars, but why is it why is it that they miss it? Vince is in the business for so long for a reason. So I'm wondering, are we the ones that WWE is trying? We we are the ones that are unaware of what WWE is trying to build, or is it doing some mistakes? So, okay, Alex. Well, thanks for your work again, and thank you for listening. This is a loaded question, one that I could spend an episode or two on as far as their ability to build stars, why some fail, why some don't. But let me, in the the interest of time and uh, so many more emails and and voicemails we have to get to, excellent topic, first of all, Alex. Excellent. One that, again, you could build a whole podcast around, not just an episode. So here's my summation of this. It comes down to a few things. Number one. It comes down to WWE's belief that they don't ever want to, and their drive to limit the star power <clears throat> of stars. And that may sound counterintuitive. You would think, why would they, why would they want to limit th- how far a superstar can go? How high they can rise? Why would they want to limit that? Well, it's simple. Because when WWE produces a John Cena or Stone Cold or The Rock or whoever, that's just those big, big names... While they are good for WWE in the short term, WWE, unfortunately, and and when I say unfortunately, from their perspective, they're not able to monetize things that that happen for them outside of the company, which transfers a lot of the leverage, not to the company, but to the individual. And WWE trying to protect their brand and their their, their intellectual property of those stars are unable to do so when they say, create, create their own career in the movies. They, they go to Hollywood. They have their own TV show. WWE is not able to monetize that once they realize that they don't need to throw their body at the ground every single night to, to get a paycheck. Now, of course, Miz and Mrs. WWE gets a cut of that because he's still under contract with WWE. I'm talking about when the, the star gets so big that, that that individual wants to pursue other avenues. The Rock and John Cena are two great examples. And the, they leave. And they go do their own thing. So WWE does not like when they don't have the leverage in negotiations, when they don't have the leverage of something that they created. So while they say that they're trying to build stars, yeah, sure they are. I, I, I do believe that. I mean, it'd be totally asinine to believe that they're not trying to, to create stars. But I do believe that there's a certain level that when they get to that threshold, WWE says, ho, 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 guy, oh, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Remember what happens with uh, stars that become too big. Now, this is the exception to the rule, right? <laughs> this is not a bad problem to have if you have stars that are so big and have so much household name value, which is very difficult to do, that you have to tell them to cool off. You have to tell creative to actually kind of de-push them. This is not a common problem, but it is one that they're aware of, at least on a, a philosoph- philosophical level. That's one of their pillars of belief. I, I, I really do think that that's the case. Uh, because they lose all negotiating power, all the leverage, like a Brock Lesnar, who, again, great example, not that he went to movies, but he went to another uh, sport and was very successful there. WWE has no leverage when it comes to Brock Lesnar. None. I mean, Brock Lesnar literally does what he wants to do. So that's number one. As far as why suddenly, they're again, they're badly booked or released, 
it's not that sometimes they want to cap the stars, but maybe they realize that they have gotten, quote unquote, everything out of them that they could. They squeezed all the juice out of that individual, which is what I believe happened to Braun Strowman. One of the more shocking releases this past year was Braun Strowman's release. I think he's a victim of, I think we've got everything out of this big man. Let's go to our next big man. I think that's what they looked at. But your other observation, point three, about WWE uh, having their storylines, their main event storylines, be the only thing they seemingly focus on and everything else seems forgettable. Well, that's not a recent problem. For decades, WWE has been guilty of this. That a lot of times it feels as if the main event story is the only thing that matters on the show. Everything else is a is filler. And it's a, it really is just there to delay the progress of the main storyline, which is why everyone's tuning in. Now, is that a bad formula to, to have? I mean, maybe not. Maybe this isn't such a bad thing. When you say they're forgettable, not all of them. There are some side storylines that seemingly stick and sometimes overachieve. But when you have main storylines that are the, the focal point of why people tune in, that's not a bad thing. Maybe it's actually, in one respect, a good thing that you have one big storyline that the fans are really focused on. Everything else is just kind of a sideshow. The only reason being is because then fans are able to, to, to clearly see what the big story is. It's not, it's not like a, a murky swamp where you don't know what's really the most important thing you should be focusing on. It's kind of in the middle, you know. When you have a defined big storyline and you know who your main eventers are, that's not a bad thing. Now, should it be disrespecting everybody else at the same time? No, it shouldn't be. Of course, you should try to build stars along the way. But when your main drive and driver of having people tune in and go to the arena are for those big stars in the big storyline, it, I, I kind of see the, the, the conflict of interest here where WWE is trying to do these other things with these sideshows, but also helping to build the main event. They're, they have a, a bit of a conflict here because they know how important that storyline is. Like Roman Reigns, a storyline on SmackDown. Biggest storyline WWE's produced in many years. And they know it's the biggest storyline they've produced in many years with how long they protected Roman. He's now the longest reigning universal champion, beating Brock Lesnar's record of 503 or 504 days, whatever it is. So again, see how see how loaded this question is, Alex. <laughs> see how loaded it is. So I'm going to stop myself there. Um, I, I think I've summarized a little bit, just a taste of this particular problem about WWE's really inability to create stars. You know, I, I talked about how they like to cap their stars at a certain level. Again, that's a very that's that's a definitely more the exception than the rule. But I think their bigger problem is they just don't know how to produce just just decently high level stars. Like they just don't know how to do it. And there's so many things as the reason why that I won't get into, but their bigger problem is not creating mega stars, creating stars, period. They have lost that ability. And there's so many things I think that go into that, but Alex, who I'm going to have to step back from that one. That's a crazy good question. Loaded question. No doubt about it. All right, let's, uh, where do I want to go here? I think, do I have anybody else on? I, I, know, I know DJ, I have you. I, I know that you are here. So, nope, I, have, I had something from Miller, but that was on the January 12th. And that was the one from that I read last week. So, all right. If I missed anybody else on Patreon besides DJ, you know, shame on me. But, uh, okay. So, that said, 
let's now get to DJ Kuzmo, who is in his DJ booth. All righty. We're now in the booth, so let's have a seat with DJ and let's see what he's got to say this week. This is Mr. DJ Kuzmo, and he says, Hey, Matt and WWE AEW podcast fam. This is DJ Kuzmo back at it again on your mailbag show. I just want to quickly get to these few points. Brief rumble talk. After ranting about the whole love triangle of Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar and Roman last week, I guess the wrestling gods have heard my rant because Brock and Heyman didn't show up this past week on SmackDown and checking out some matches on Monday Night Raw on Tuesday morning. Roman Reigns didn't show up either. So I'm okay for now, but WWE is taking a break from this convoluted hot mess of a love triangle. Anyway, with that being said, from watching the video package on this past week's SmackDown of Rollins versus Reigns, and yes, I understand there isn't an explanation as to why Seth showed up on SmackDown, and watching the video package of Brock versus Bobby on Raw that I watched Tuesday makes me interested in the storyline that is being built up from the past history of the wrestlers. Just like you mentioned on Matt in your Raw review, I'm going to give credit to WWE video production team for creating such an in-depth highlight reel in such a short period of time. For the many years that Roman, Seth, Bobby, and Brock have been in WWE, there's a ton of footage from each of them from the production team to use and create a compelling storyline in a short time for the Rumble, even though there is a current lack of face-to-face contact or heat between the wrestlers. The past video footage of the wrestlers fill the void in the story. These two title matches at this year's Rumble have a Survivor Series dream match feel to it, kind of like the Becky versus Charlotte match at last year's Survivor Series. With that being said, I'm excited for both matches and the outcomes of who will be the winners and leave St. Louis as champions. To be honest, the rest of the card, even the both uh, men's and women's Rumble, I'm not really thrilled anymore about who has, who might win due to the lack of star power and frequent releases WWE has decimated the roster, and I'm not sure NXT might um, be included in this year's Rumble like they were in years prior. The 2022 Royal Rumble, in my opinion, five years from now, will be remembered for these two title matches of Roman versus Seth and Brock versus Bobby. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the WWE video production team, I hope they don't let anyone go there. Like, th- that should be the one place that they just say, hey, uh, we, we can't let them go because... If WWE didn't do anything, if they never even had a face-to-face between Brock and Bobby, and they just had this video package to go on, I think I'd still be excited. In fact, I'd be more excited, because then we'd have to wait till the pay-per-view to see what they have, what they do when they go face-to-face. To me, they could have done nothing in person and done everything video package, and I think it actually may have turned out better. Imagine the anticipation. What do they do? What do they say to each other in, you know, before the match, during the match? You know, what, what kind of stuff does the camera mic pick up? What, what's their facial expressions? What, you know, to me, like, while they'd never do that, to me, it, it's at least a little bit intriguing to think about. Uh, okay, quick trivia question. Does anyone, including you, Matt, off the top of your head, without Googling, remember, wh- uh, remember what were the title matches for the men and women's Royal Rumble at 21 and 20? I'll give you a few seconds. Okay, uh, I will honestly do this. I'm not going to Google it. You, l- listen, you don't hear anything. Am I typing? See, not typing. Um, the answer is <laughs> the answer is I don't have a clue. <laughs> that's why I didn't have to Google it, and that's why I put myself to the challenge uh, of just yeah, I don't have a clue, uh, DJ. I don't. I don't have. I really don't. Um, 
you know, I, I was trying to think about it last year. They had the women's rumble winner of Bianca Belair and she eventually went to face on face Sasha. So I'd imagine Sasha versus Charlotte was the um, women for last year. And that's all I can think about. So, okay, let, let's see what you say in your next sentence. You, you'd like to know who I, off the top of my head, know who won the men's Royal Rumble winner in 2020 and the women's, and it's the same for 2021. <sighs> okay, uh, admittedly, DJ, I read ahead because my eyes just scroll ahead, so I can't do this honestly. It's hard in an email to do it because my, my brain reads ahead. Therefore, I can't honestly do it, but I guess I'll pose that for everybody at home, uh, assumingly you're home or at work. But who won the Royal Rumble winner in 2020? Men? Drew McIntyre. For the women? Charlotte Flair. For 2021? Edge. And 2021 for the women? Bianca Belair. Well, so, you know, I, I will say that um, this is, it, it's actually difficult, right? It's actually kind of crazy. They're like, it, it's pretty crazy that we have, these close in time frame in terms of like the long scheme, long term, we don't know. And I didn't know if I didn't look at this, I probably would have gotten a couple of these wrong. <laughs> and it was only just last year. So your point is, DJ, that m- many of us have remembered the winners of the Rumble for 2021. But outside of the Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens stand, uh, last man standing match, the other matches were pretty forgettable. Nothing, nothing memorable that I could point out from those other matches. I normally don't talk about this, but this will be a first. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's go to that and talk about the 24-7 title future. No long essay on this one, folks. However, my opinion or my question is, Matt and everyone, do you think that Vince and Creative is testing the idea of having a mid-card women's title? I've arrived at this question from the fact that Dana Brooke is currently 24-7 champion, and it seems that no male wrestling opponent is in catering wants to pin her. But hold up. Wait a minute. And now you have Tamina in the 24-7 title chase trying to pin Dana Brooke with the help of R-Truth and Tazawa. So something's got to give and someone's got to pin Dana Brooke. Anyway, okay, so before I continue, yeah, someone's got to pin her. And if it's going to be a man, I mean, I know that they don't ever do man-on-woman violence, but a roll-up from behind is fine. So they can transfer it back. Uh, I mean, that's not a problem, but I, I, I hope they don't. I hope they don't because they they can't even manage the, uh, the, the, the women's championships on both shows now and they don't even have a tag team division for the tag team championships adding another title would just exacerbate the problem so until they have a depth the the roster gets deep enough where the raw tag team title or rather the women's tag team titles and the two top championships of the women on each brand are well stacked and and um and, and really well done rotating on a rotating schedule or giving new people an opportunity or whatever then i don't want another title into the picture that's just going to create the problem a larger scale. Like I, I, the answer I hope is no. Okay. Um, then you have the women's gauntlet style match. Oh, I, I, no, no, no. I'm sorry. You say, anyway, my approach to this is first and foremost, get rid of the women's tag team titles and 24 seven title. Then you have a women's gauntlet style match and the winner receives a, the newly minted women's mid card belt from Sonya Deville. That same title can be used on both Raw and SmackDown, and all the former 24-7 title chasers, not including R-Truth and Reggie, can get sent down to NXT 2.0 for more in-ring work and character development. I mean, again, I'm, I'm opposed to adding more belts. They can't even manage the ones they have now correctly. I mean, hell, when Asuka was Raw Women's Champion, they, they forgot her for six months. 
Seriously. So I, I don't trust them to add more championships. I think it would make the division even more diluted. Um, okay, the SmackDown Women's title picture. Here are two scenarios. Charlotte Flair remains the champion until WrestleMania and drops the title to the babyface winner of the Royal Women's Royal Rumble. Charlotte takes time off and gets married. The babyface winner defends the title for six to seven months until late October and loses the title to a returning Charlotte to close off 2022. Solid. Number two, Charlotte Flair wins the Rumble and decides that her opponent for WrestleMania is Lita, but Lita doesn't want to wait for her title opportunity at WrestleMania and wants her title opportunity against Charlotte at the Saudi Arabia show in February. Charlotte defeats Lita at the Saudi show, and after the match, we get a returning Sasha Banks giving Charlotte the backstabber and points to the WrestleMania sign. Then at WrestleMania, Charlotte defeats Sasha to retain the title, and they go on to continue their feud at two more premier live events. Then Bailey returns at the premier live event before Money in the Bank for a face-off with Charlotte. Bailey goes on to face Charlotte at both Money in the Bank <coughs> and SummerSlam. Charlotte retains at Money in the Bank and SummerSlam against Bailey. After the match, the winner of the women's Money in the Bank, Naomi, cashes in her briefcase. Then the match begins, but Naomi pins Charlotte with a newly created submission move to force her to tap out and become the new SmackDown Women's Champion at SummerSlam. Wow. DJ. You have Charlotte going all the way until next year's SummerSlam as champion. That's aggressive. I don't hate it, but that's aggressive. And you'd piss off a lot of fans. Maybe that's the point. But I, here's the thing. I don't think uh, Bailey's going to return that late. I think she'll be in time for WrestleMania, honestly. Um, and I think Charlotte loses at WrestleMania. Probably to a returning Bailey, Or to, uh, to Alexa Bliss. She's got a lot of beef with uh, Alexa Bliss. Okay, the Raw Women's title picture. Final segment here. Number one, Becky retains or remains champion until WrestleMania where she drops the belt to Bianca. Bianca remains the champion until late October and swaps the title belts with Naomi during the draft. Becky goes on to WrestleMania to face Charlotte one-on-one in a winner-take-all title match. Becky wins and both retain the SmackDown Women's title and the Raw Women's title by hook or by crook. She goes on to face Sasha and Bianca in a triple threat at SummerSlam. And the winner gets to pick the title of her choosing. Bianca wins the match and chooses the SmackDown Women's title to win back uh, the title she lost in 26 seconds in 2021 at the same premiere live event. Bianca gets drafted to SmackDown while Sasha gets drafted to Raw and Becky remains Raw Women's Champion. The end or maybe not. Best regards. Peace. Uh, P.S. Voice recording attached. Yes. And the return of Vera Mahan's (laughs) vignette. Thoughts on Mustafa Ali and Damian Priest. Yeah, uh, I'll get to that in a, a few moments, DJ. A few minutes, actually. We still got a few more <laughs> emails to get through, no doubt. Um, but uh, DJ, you, you I, I think that that scenario, number two for Becky retaining, or rather goes to WrestleMania to face Charlotte in a one-on-one winner-take-all. Um, I'd say probably not. I think number one's more likely where it's just straightforward Bianca. Um, that's my thought. Okay, thank you, DJ. We'll get to your voicemail, as I said, in just a few minutes. And that is the end of our uh, portion for the patrons. Okay, let's get to, let's see. Let's get to our a question that we got from Bryson A. I'll, I'll say that um, <clears throat> instead of giving the last name, Bryson A. Hey, Matt, I have a question for you. So Roman Reigns has beaten Brock Lesnar's, uh, for universal, Brock Lesnar's Universal Championship record what are your thoughts on that? And do you think WWE will acknowledge that? No pun intended. Thanks, Bryson. Thanks, Bryson. I believe you're a first time 
uh, writer in. So thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, WWE did acknowledge it. They put it out on social media. They even mentioned it on the show. It wasn't built around the show. The show wasn't built around that, but it was mentioned and it should be. Uh, what do I think about that? I mean, the Universal Championship has been around for what, like seven years, six years, maybe less. Uh, actually, let me Google that. Uh, WWE Universal Championship. And it was. It was SummerSlam 2016. I mean, I knew who the first one is. We all do with Finn Balor being injured famously for that uh, during that match. So six years nearly. And so a, a championship that has six years of lineage versus one that has decades and decades and decades and decades like the WWE Championship. It's not a crazy thing to have Roman Reigns achieve that, given that the title's only been in existence for six years versus many, many decades of the WWE Championship. But it's still a long title reign in today's by today's standards, it really is. I mean, for how long he's held it, and really by almost almost any generation, it's a it is a long championship run, and one that we will remember for many years to come. And I think that they um, will continue to build upon that number. I think they honestly want to get to five hundred days, or rather a thousand days, with him as champion. I I I do believe there's a very solid chance we get to a thousand days. Now, how does that happen? That means it's another year. What what does that put us at? I, I don't even know if it, it would get us past next year's WrestleMania. Probably. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe I'm going a little bit too far, but imagine him th- a thousand days as champion. Whew. That'd be insane. All right. Let's get to uh, Greg K. Greg K writes in and says, it's been a while. I hope you're doing well. Here's the tweet about Aaliyah you were looking for. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate that. Speaking of Aaliyah, and those of you that don't know what this is in reference to, Aaliyah, who was, after she won her match, um, was just acting like a fool that was you know, a schoolgirl. It's like her first day of school trying to make best friends, and she came along, and um, she just... T- take a look at it. It's on Twitter. Basically, all she can mutter is, what a time to be alive. Uh, yeah, not not cool. Um well, thank you for pointing that out, Greg, and, and bringing that to my attention. So speaking of Aaliyah, you mentioned how her debut interview was generic and bland and using the same verbiage as all other debuts. I think the reason they do that, which you touched on a bit, is for self-gratification. Their entire goal for existence these days is to be the best wrestling promotion. It is to put smiles on people's faces and make dreams come true. I would say they would, I would agree with everything you just said, except they don't want to be a wrestling promotion. They run from that every chance they get. They're not a wrestling promotion. They're an entertainment venue. They're an entertainment platform. They don't do wrestling. They would they would fire you so fast, Greg, for mentioning wrestling. Even though wrestling is in their name, World Wrestling Entertainment, they run every chance they get at the word wrestling. They don't do wrestling. They're entertainment. They're, they're sports entertainment, damn it. Yeah. Uh, let's continue. Think of how many times John Cena and other WWE stars have done Make-A-Wish collaborations. They're in the business of making dreams come true. So when they have a chance to do the same thing in-house with new performance performers, you'd better believe they're going to pat themselves on the back in an, on a national broadcast. By having their new wrestlers do this, they give their show, they tell their sh- the world how great they are because they made this person's dream of performing in WWE come true. It's a full circle self-promotion for WWE, plain and simple. Note, I'm not looking for this to be on the mailbag. I don't listen to the show, but I just wanted to... Sh- <laughs> oh, well, uh, Greg, guess what? Surprise, it's on the mailbag. You, you didn't say... 
I would have deleted everything I just said if you said you don't want it to be, but you're not looking for it to be. So, Greg, it's still an, an excellent uh, point to bring up, and I'm, I decided to put it on the mailbag anyway. So, Greg, I really appreciate your contributions, and uh, it's exactly right. I mean, they are they exist to self-promote. There are, four prop- there are four profit organizations, so I understand the incentive there, and that's what they should be striving for is to make money. Otherwise, they won't exist to pay for expenses and to just make a profit because they like money. But th- their incessant need of transparently using their stars to say these constant promotions of just like, it's a dream to be here. Is it really a dream to be in a place that you don't feel safe with your job on a day-to-day basis? Is that really a dream to be working in that environment? Really? As the Miz would say, really? You know, it's just so, it's so forced. And you hear it from everybody. And it's just so corporate and I can't stand it. But Greg, thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's continue. And we're going to go to, let's see, Grace. I know, Grace, you have two emails. So we're going to get to both. Number one, you say, hey, Matt, it's Grace. I wrote in last week for the first time. Yes, you did. I believe you even called in. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I have a few thoughts on this recent Monday Night Raw. Overall, I didn't think it was a bad show, but I did feel like it was very sporadic. I felt like there were so many different kinds of segments that it was almost confusing to follow. First, the Rhea and Nikki ASH match could have been great, but then you have Carmella and Queen Zelina come out for no reason. And to do what exactly? Then have Nikki and Rhea uh, again, and Rhea attack, or rather Nikki attack Rhea again for a few seconds and walk away? I understand if they're trying to build a match they would eventually have, but I feel like they need to put more effort into the build because this can get be a great feud. Yes. So before I continue, I'll answer that. I think it can be a great feud. I think it's honestly more interesting, infinitely more interesting than them as a team and infinitely more interesting than watching the, uh, the, the, the Nikki ASH that we're supposed to cheer for. Uh, yeah. So again, it's only been two weeks though. It's only been two weeks. We've only seen two segments we had the turn last week and now the, the follow-up this week. So, I'm not going to pass judgment yet. We've just seen this start, this program start. So let's see what happens. Um, this does have the potential to continue to get better. I think it's interesting, and, and I look forward to seeing what happens now on a week-to-week basis. Um, the last thing I want to mention is that I don't mind the concept of Becky versus Dewdrop, because more than likely, Becky will retain. I do hope, after the Rumble, that Becky will get a new get new competition, because even though I like Bianca, I do want to see something new. Possibly Becky versus Alexa, Becky versus Rhea, or my very wishful thinking of Becky versus Paige. I have high hopes of her returning at the Rumble. Anyway, let me know what you think. Until next week, Grace. Okay, Grace. Thank you. Again, we'll get to your second email in a moment. Um, But yeah, Becky versus Paige would be a lot of fun. There have been so many rumors floating around about Paige returning. I think there's a lot of credibility in that. Um, I think that there is a solid chance of that. Now, if it doesn't happen, everyone's going to be disappointed. But Paige coming back would be a big deal. Big deal. And I think there's some validity to that. Um, So thank you, Grace. And let's continue to... Hold on, I'm finding it. Your second email. Here it is. I just finished your weekend review with Brad. I heard him bring up the point to Becky going to SmackDown because of Seth. And I've actually been wanting her to head back there since she swapped the SmackDown title with the Raw title to Charlotte. I think that once the Raw title is taken from her, I think that will happen sooner than we think. 
and she's humbled a little bit, she heads to SmackDown where she eventually turns into a babyface again, meaning the 2017 to early 2018 SmackDown, Becky was a badass. So I think it'd be really smart to have her turn babyface on SmackDown where she originated her OG babyface persona. I don't hate this, Grace. And WWE certainly needs help on the babyface side of things. But I think that they feel that, you know, Taking Becky to SmackDown, number one, that would put her right back in the kind of candidate pool of candidates that she just worked with, um, you know, and and also you you have Becky Lynch firmly established as a Raw superstar now. To to put her on SmackDown, with just a few months removed from the draft, I don't think would um, I don't think it would help WWE's goodwill that they've built with this draft. Now I know they violate their rules on a weekly basis. So, you know, there is that, but having Becky go to SmackDown, I don't know if I'd really necessarily want that. I guess I'm trying to decide, do you want Charlotte to then go to Raw? Is that your argument? Because if you're trying to have them swap, it's a little bit more palatable because then you're essentially doing a one for one trade. But if you're not, then SmackDown, I think a Raw would lose out big time having Becky go to, to, uh, to SmackDown and then, um, you know, nothing in return, but both are champions. So you can't have both champions on the same show. I guess my whole point is that I think raw right now is doing well with Becky. I know you want to see her turn back to baby face and what she was an, a badass in 2017, 18, but it's all about evolution. And when you have Becky Lynch, the star size, the, the, the mega star that she is go back to something and try to duplicate something that did work. It shows that you don't know what you're doing moving forward, meaning you don't know how to evolve and progress. And you're using regression as a mirage for progression. Like you're taking from something from the past that worked, trying to repackage it as something new, even though it's something that you just did a few years ago and it's really not anything new. So grace, I don't hate the idea. I just don't think WWE would do it. I don't think they're ready to turn Becky Lynch babyface. I don't think they're there yet. I think more like SummerSlam, where Becky seems to turn, although Becky seems to turn heel at SummerSlam like every time. So, uh, all right. Thank you, Grace. I appreciate your uh, your both contributions this week. Whew. My voice is getting a little bit uh, rough around the edges here. Okay. Let's go to... Uh, Jim from PA, he writes in and says, so Roman versus Seth at the Rumble, Brock versus Bobby. Well, I see the Seth winning the title and taking it to Raw and Brock retaining, but he will lose it at the Elimination Chamber in February. Do you think Naomi will get the number one contender spot and face Charlotte at the Rumble or will it take place on SmackDown? That's all for now. Okay. I really don't see um, Brock Lesnar dropping the, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't see Roman Reigns dropping the belt. Uh, I, I don't see it. I, I don't. I, and I see, you know, if anything, Brock Lesnar is going to lose and lose because of Roman Reigns. And then Brock wins the Rumble. And then there we go. Brock Lesnar earns an opportunity at Roman Reigns. So Brock loses at the Rumble, loses his belt. But then later in the night, enters the Rumble like number 30, clears house, wins the match and good night, the lights. That's, I, you know, if you're if you're going to put me on the spot right now, gun in my head, that's my prediction. Um, but things could change. Um yeah, I mean the elimination chamber. Don't Jim, don't get ahead of yourself. The you know, be careful because 
WWE may be rebranding the Elimination Chamber to the WrestleMania Chamber. Careful. That's, I'm not lying about that. Go look it up. They're considering changing the name. So everything will be eventually WrestleMania. I mean, we're going to have WrestleMania. We already have WrestleMania Backlash. We have WrestleMania Night 1, WrestleMania Night 2. We have the WrestleMania just general tour that they do for live events. Now we're going to have the WrestleMania Chamber. Pretty soon it'll be the WrestleMania Royal Rumble, the WrestleMania SummerSlam. I mean, hey, it's 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 just Wrestle. It's the WrestleMania Money in the Bank ladder match at this point. I mean, it's it's insane. They are just completely exposing or exploiting the WrestleMania name. Boy. So as far as Naomi, will she get the number one contender spot to face Charlotte at the Rumble or will it take place on SmackDown? No, it's not going to happen, Jim. You know why? Because Naomi, or rather um, Sonya Deville is going to screw her out of it this week again. And Naomi will get all mad and angry and get up in her face and then accuse her of screwing her again. You know you're doing this on purpose. Well, it's like, yeah, okay, well, well, Naomi, you've been saying this for like five months, literally. Are you going to actually attack her? Are you going to go to, you know, Vince or the board of directors? Are you, what's your plan here other than just going backstage every week and getting in Naomi's uh, face ultimately to do nothing? So the answer is no, she will not win that match because of Sonya Deville. Or if she wins it, I could see Naomi, uh, rather Sonya Deville, not Naomi, Sonya Deville screwing Naomi in the match. It's the championship match between her and uh, Charlotte. Either way, Naomi's going nowhere because Sonya Deville's going to screw her over again. Thanks, Jim. Okay, where are we at? Where are we at? How many more uh, emails do we have? Please, not many more. (laughs) My voice is going to die. All right. Uh, We have one more. We have one more uh, email here, and it's from the resident heel, Owen. And he says, I hope I've made it into this episode of the mailbag because I'm aware I've emailed later than usual. If I don't make it, then the whole show will suck. So Matt, you ins- to ensure the viewers are happy, I w- would wait for me every week. Yeah, that's why I waited for you. I mean, y- you just squeezed it in and I was sitting here all day refreshing my inbox saying to myself, if he doesn't, if he doesn't email us, we can't have a show. I mean, I, I would have called it. So thank God, Owen, you, you are here. Um, so this week was interesting in my in wrestling. Enjoyable, yes. Slightly odd, yes. But overall, pretty good. Matt, I must say, you really have loosened up a little about the whole brand split. You have to loosen up about the brand split. I know it makes no sense to you and your monkey brain, but sometimes you have to just accept things and make it enjoyable. Yes, Seth being on Raw makes a, a little sense. Uh, I, I think you mean SmackDown, Mr. Uh, Resident Heel. Because Seth is already on Raw. So um, did the jokes write themselves on this show? Or does just karma come in and swoop in here? Anyway, so to make you happy, I'll tell you exactly why he's there. After the Fatal 5-Way, he went to management to complain that it wasn't fair he had won a title match. uh, That it wasn't fair as he had won a title match and Brock hadn't. He was then gifted the match versus Roman. See, it's called an imagination. Use it. Uh, Owen, okay. Here's the thing. We're watching wrestling, okay? We're not reading a story with kindergartners you know, just before snack time, okay? W- w- using your imagination, 
is something that should be done when you're not reading a story. When you're reading a story, the author, the writer, guides you through the story. You shouldn't have to fill in the plot holes, especially large ones. I could see small details of things they don't address that, that, that aren't necessary for the story. But when it comes to massive storyline holes, like complete chapters missing from this quote unquote book of pro wrestling, it's you're, 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 you shouldn't be apologizing for WWE. You're apologizing on behalf of them. You're giving them excuses. I secretly wonder, Owen, if you really are employed by WWE, I really, I really wonder that. I wonder if you are secretly like you're a spy trying to infiltrate podcasts like this one to try to create logic where there, there is an absence of logic, right? I, I do. I do wonder this. So use your imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Again, if we're, if we're reading, you know, puff the magic dragon in kindergarten, sure. Imagination is use, useful then. Okay. Something you didn't need to use imagination for, however, was why Beth Phoenix reacted how she did being hit by the bag. It had a brick in it. How you missed that, I'll never know. I say you are taken off the raw review and replaced by The Miz, who was a credible host. Yeah. Uh, oh, and unfortunately, you're late to the party on that because I was called out already. Randy filled in the blanks. I really have no idea how I missed the brick. I don't know. Seriously. I don't know. I was... Um, to be totally fair with everybody, and I'll get rad, uh, you know, destroyed for this. I was in and out of consciousness during Raw. Uh, sleep, I should clarify. I wasn't, you know, in a drunken stupor. Those days are far behind me. I was in and out of consciousness from sleep deprivation. So it's probably that. I'll blame it on that. I'll blame it on my daughter. Um, okay, I'm sorry, Matt. I've targeted you today, and I'm very sorry. So I'll move on to the man you had on your weekend review. I'm sorry I don't know your name. It's Brad. Uh, not that it matters because you didn't mention mine when I was talking about the mailbag, which is my show. I am the mailbag. Without me, this whole ship sinks. Today has been a very, very negative. Uh, I'm, I've just released, so I will lighten the mood by saying how I got nostalgic to wrestling nostalgia. Because the wrestling nostalgia you posted this week was your Resident Heels first show he listened to from the WWE podcast. So I'm sure that episode will be shown annually on that date out of respect and courtesy for your resident heel. Owen, in fact, Owen, listen, we've created a internal national holiday of when you started listening to the show. It's already on our calendars. We we have it marked down. People should start taking the day off from work. I've already I've already mandated that. You know, we have moment a moment of silence at noon, at high noon, we we all sit and uh we we have a moment of just silent prayer, so it's, it's already I'm, I'm way ahead of you, man. We, we have already done this, so okay. Uh, I should probably give my opinion on something wrestling related. Yeah, that'd be a start. Uh, AEW kind of sucks right now. For the first time in a long time, WWE on both main shows is better than AEW, and that's coming from a big AEW fan, as you know. Yeah, I've I've heard that from Mimi that this past week was just god awful, and look. AEW is going to have its off weeks. If anybody thought that AEW was going to be you know, running on all cylinders creatively every single week, it's it's not feasible. It's not realistic. It's not fair to hold anyone to that standard. So they're going to have crappy weeks, crappy months. It's going to happen. You know, it is what it is. That's the nature of this beast. Weekly question. If you could choose one AEW wrestler to join WWE on a full-time schedule, who would you choose? MJF. Period. 
not, I wouldn't even think twice. MJF. Um, I'm going to have to go for Darby Allen, even though I think MJF is the best current wrestler in the world right now, whose name isn't Roman Reigns. WWE has the Miz and many other heels. WWE needs a credible young baby face who can legitimately take the belt off Roman, and it feels righteous that Darby is the guy. Well, look, I know enough about AEW to know that Darby Allen is not exactly an imposing physical threat. And that being said, while you and I know what he can do inside the ring, Vince wouldn't care. Because Vince would look at a guy like that and say, where'd you guys, where'd you guys pull him off the street? He, he wouldn't even, Vince wouldn't even, it wouldn't even register with Vince. Unfortunately, that's not even possible. Plus, MJF is, he, you just admitted he's the best current wrestler. Why, would, why not have Miz and MJF go face-to-face? How many comparisons has MJF had to the Miz and vice versa? Imagine Miz and MJF going face-to-face. Think about that. Goodbye and goodnight, your resident heel, Owen. P.S. The crisis simps for Mimi and Amanda. <laughs> I believe he's known as Kanye Twitty now. Um, the OGs will remember when Matt kept trying to find out what simp meant. Well, to Matt from the past, a simp is when you... Ex- when you exclude two girls from your trash list because you're in love with them and in your head. Yes, I'm expecting to hear from uh, Mr. Shouty himself in the next voicemail and for him to put me in his trash list, which I'm fine with because at least I'm not on a lunchable break like all of DJ Kuzmo's emails. And I also won't be here next week because it's the premiere live event week. So I will take a well-deserved rest and Owen will do his review on the pay-per-view. See, Matt, I'm even advertising for you now. Uh, sent from the places you will never see. Things you will never see, Ms. TV. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, you know, I'm glad. You know, look, I didn't know what simp. It took a long time for me to understand what simp meant. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's too current. It's too hip. I'm almost 37 now. You know, I, I, I need to be kept up with, with what the, uh, with what everyone says. And, and late, lately, I've learned that like sus means suspect. It's very sus. Yeah, I've, I've learned that. Cap means that you're lying. So if anybody has any other current lingo, I mean, I rely on TikTok. That's how I get my education now. So that's my uh, very reliable source. And if it's on the internet, it's true. I mean, everyone knows that. So Owen, thank you for your very spirited uh, and personal attack email. Very much appreciated. All right. And hallelujah. I get to stop talking. I am dying here and I'm glad that we can take a pause. We're going to take a break for the sponsor of the show. And then, and then, and then we're getting to the voicemails, starting with Mr. DJ Kuzmo. And then we've got Jeff from the Philippines. He's here in the studio. We've got Sharon from Israel and uh, a lot of other great uh, returning, uh, returning listeners. So stay right here. We'll be right back. So you guys know, I don't do a whole lot of clothing brand partnerships unless I really believe in them. And I found one of those today that I want to share with you because it's really inspiring. It's called Hustle, Grind, Grow. So the website is hustlegrindgrow.com. And who they are is really simple. They're a brand that represents people who are willing to do what other people aren't. What that means is relentlessly pushing through every obstacle to achieve your goal and reach the next level for whatever you're trying to achieve. It's for people who refuse to be outworked by anyone else. Hustle, Grind, Grow it can be applied to many different areas of your life from working towards graduation or getting your job, that job promotion that you've wanted, working out, or even starting a new job that others felt was out of your reach. This brand, th- their goal is to inspire you to remember that you are capable of greatness. 
and all you need to do is get some hustle, grind, and grow gear, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. So what kind of gear do they have? And what kind of gear do they have? Very simply, hoodies and t-shirts. And on these t-shirts and these hoodies, what does it say? Things like hard work works, change is inevitable, growth is optional. There are also others that just have the brand on it and say hustle, grind, grow. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee. This gear will inspire you, and it will inspire others as they see what you are working for and towards. So check out hustlegrindgrow.com. You can also find them on Instagram at hustlegrindgrow1 or TikTok at hustlegrindgrow1. So check out their gear. It will inspire you. And I can guarantee that you'll be placing an order soon once you see what they have to offer. So check out hustlegrindgrow.com. Let's talk about supplements for just a minute. The market of supplements is overcrowded, right? It's oversaturated. There's too many to choose from. You just don't know which one you want. You don't know which one's effective, what has potential harmful side effects. Well, I have one that I can tell you with confidence is not only not going to give you any of those negative side effects but also will provide you with the energy that's sustainable. It doesn't have those crashes. And the product I'm talking about is called Energy Boost. It's from a company called Vitali Boost, and they sell a bunch of other great products. But you can check out the website at vitaliboost.com. That's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. So what makes Energy Boost so great? Well, it's made from natural, clinically researched ingredients that include caffeine, B vitamins, and other energy-stimulating nutrients. And it's perfect whether you're working out, gaming, studying, or during those intimate times with your partner. Not only does Energy Boost give you sustained, powerful energy, it's also specifically formulated to avoid those negative effects that I was talking about that some people experience with just consuming caffeine alone. I, I'm a massive coffee drinker. I can tell you the crash is no fun, right? We all know that. Those of us that are Starbucks affectionados or um, wherever you may get your coffee, we all know what that does. This is not going to give you that crash. And Vitality Boost, by the way, is a leader in the supplement uh, energy market. And customers absolutely love them. Right now, they have a 92% five-star review on Judge Me. It's a third-party review platform that only accepts reviews from verified purchases. So you know they're not just creating these manufactured, uh, manufactured reviews. These are real people reviewing the product, honestly. And 92% is a, an amazing, amazing uh, five-star rating review. So check out Energy Boost today, risk-free. You can go to vitaliboost.com. Again, that's V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. You use our promo code WWE for a discount. But if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the science behind Energy Boost, visit my Vitali Boost's health guide at vitaliboost.com. Uh, again, V-I-T-A-L-I liboost.com. And right there, you'll find information from peer-reviewed academic journals about the active ingredients in all of Vitali Boost supplements. All of these supplements, by the way, are made in the United States. That's cool. And a reminder, go to vitaliboost.com and use our promo code WWE. You'll get a discount on the Energy Boost and all of their other great supplements. So don't miss out, guys. Go check out Energy Boost. And again, it's vitaliboost.com. V-I-T-A-L-I boost.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Hello, WWE 
Podcast World. This is none other than DJ Kuzmo back at it again on your mailbag show. I'm recording to you live once again on a Tuesday evening. And folks, I did not watch Monday Night Raw last night. I enjoyed a crazy weekend of professional football as the playoffs are rolling, enjoying the absolute choke job of none other than the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? And none other than the absolute ass whooping that the Los Angeles Rams gave to none other than the Arizona Cardinals on Monday Night Football. It was a rare appearance to see a playoff game on Monday night on ESPN. So I was like, you know what? Why not watch some more playoff football and enjoy this wild card weekend? But folks, on Tuesday morning, I got a notification that none other, after two weeks of going on a hiatus, we all thought that he was somewhere out there in the abyss, probably get a release, but none other. After looking at my Twitter notification this morning on Tuesday, fear my heart is back. He is back. Oh my goodness. The promo, the vignette is back. Yes, he still hasn't stepped foot inside of a WWE ring on Monday night on Monday Night Raw, but man, it is so good to see Veer, Mahan, and folks, the possibility, it has to happen, it must happen, that Veer Mahan shows up on none other than the Royal Rumble, the premier live event Royal Rumble, this coming, uh, I believe it's the, uh, the final Saturday in January, this will be the crowning moment, the huge bout for Veer, Mahan, the most anticipated debut to happen in the WWE, and yes, he is back, the vignette is back, I all thought that, you know, he was off for those two weeks, you know, there's a possibility that he got, he may get released, but when I saw that Twitter notification, and I peeped that would happen on Monday Night Raw, oh my gosh, he is back, his vignette is back, and I, I hope to see him at the Royal Rumble, and what better place for a guy like Veer Mahan to debut at the Royal Rumble, I don't know who he's going to face up in the Royal Rumble, who's going to toss him over the top rope, or who Veer Mahan is going to toss over the top rope, but whatever the case may be, I am so happy that Veer Mahan is back, he is back, his vignette is back, Yes, he's not back in the ring yet, folks, but his vignette promo is back, so he is safe for probably another two weeks until after what happens after none other than the Royal Rumble. Now, folks, I just heard, of course, a couple of days ago, uh, uh, you may want to disagree with me or you may want to agree with me as I talk about none other than Mustafa Ali. Now, Mustafa Ali, he had a match with Mansoor at Crown Jewel. He did have a match the following Friday night after the Crown Jewel uh, pay-per-view. Well, now it's called Premier Live Event. But then after that, his final match on SmackDown was none other against Drew McIntyre. And he cut a promo. I remember the match. 
after when he lost the match to Drew McIntyre, none other than, uh, none other, I don't want to say Veer Mahan, none other, <laughs> none other than, uh, Mustafa Ali cut a promo. He said, oh, you will remember Drew McIntyre's name. You will remember all your beloved babyface names, but you would not remember me because you know why? Because my name is Mustafa Ali. Now, I don't know. You may disagree with me or not. I don't know if it was a work promo or a shoot promo against the WWE. But ever since then, we have not seen Mustafa Ali. Now, there is a YouTube clip out there about his new campaign. He was trying to push uh, his... Uh, he was trying to create a whole new character direction with the new America. Now, I don't know what backstage issue that Vince McMahon and creative, whatever back and forth that he had with uh, Mustafa Ali with this, uh, with this uh, you know, character storyline. And I don't know how it would fit in today's uh, WWE, knowing that, you know, this is all about the, the so-called PG era. You know, it's this, this show is more catered to families. I don't know how you would book the new America. And I understand that Mustafa Ali was most likely passionate about, about this new direction since he's not been booked properly in the WWE. And it goes to show also that the WWE today, sad to say, is not for the little guys no more. It's not for the Adam Coles anymore. It's not even for Finn Balor, who has not even been on Monday Night Raw. Yes, he was there last night. I didn't watch it last night. But, you know, uh, fairly used that the little guys nowadays are not being properly booked. We all see that everybody, you know, all the attention is on Roman Reigns. The attention is on Seth Rollins and all of the main figures, Brock Lesnar of all people. But where does Mustafa fit in the WWE? And we all saw that he asked for his release. That was a bold move by Mustafa Ali. Shout out to Mustafa Ali. I'm happy that, you know, he gets an opportunity now to, you know, flex his creative muscle. There's a potential that he could go to AEW or maybe he may go to New Japan or whatever uh, wrestling promotion out there he may go. But I just wish Mustafa all the best. I don't know how he would have uh, continued this new direction. And whatever the case may be, at least Mustafa stood up for himself. Nowadays, uh, I, I don't know, I'm just throwing it out there. Nowadays, you have uh, wrestlers that, oh, um, I'm not being booked as much. But they're afraid to talk to Vince McMahon and tell him, look, Vince, I, I need a better storyline. Uh, here's, here's this storyline idea. You know, I don't know what's the point, you know, of having uh, these guys and girls are, are afraid of, of, you know, booking their own ideas to Vince McMahon. Yes, they may get shunned down, but what's the, you know, give, get, take a chance, you know, take a chance. And you never know, maybe Vince may decide to give you a shot here and there. But I like the fact that Mustafa, he stood up for himself. I don't want to get too political. 
you know, with this whole race relations and, you know, what, what happened doing 9-11 and stuff like that. I don't want to get too political on that. All I got to say about the matter is I just wish Mustafa Ali the very best. And um, wherever he goes, I hope that, you know, he, he be, he's able to, you know, further himself. I think he's only 35 years old, so he still has a good amount of years of professional wrestling to go. But now let's get back to professional wrestling. And what I also saw this morning as I peeked at some of the matches on Monday Night Raw because I enjoyed the, the, the absolute dominance of the Los Angeles Rams on Monday Night Football, I peeked at the match last night with none other than Damian Priest and Kevin Owens. Now, wait a minute. We saw the, the finish that Kevin Owens pinned none other than uh, 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 Damian Priest. Now, now that Damian Priest has been pinned, he has been the, the United States champion for so long, I would say since SummerSlam, when he defeated none other than Sheamus, right? Now we get this type of weird character that out of the blue, that Damian Priest just goes berserk. I thought that he was turning heel. He says, oh, it's his alter ego called Damian. But isn't your first name Damian? How can you turn into Damien and your first name is Damien? It doesn't make any sense to me in the logic of the whole character switch. Why the hell does he turn into a totally different character? I don't understand. But now we see last night on Monday Night Raw that none other than Kevin Owens has pinned Damien Priest. Now, folks. You know what this means, right? We're going to have a new United States champion. We're going to have Kevin Owens. And why not put the belt on Kevin Owens? I think it's about time for a change for Damian Priest's character in terms of probably booking him into the main event or probably putting him in the doghouse like Big E. But whatever the case may be, I'm booking it as that most likely at the Saudi show, at that whatever that Saudi show is, whether it's called WrestleMania Chamber or Elimination Chamber or the Punjabi Prison for crying out loud, whatever that Saudi show is going to be called in February, I am probably going to see or what we are going to see is none other than Kevin Owens will become the new United States champion and he will walk into WrestleMania as the United States champion. But look at this again. Again, we see the babyface champion gets pinned in a non-title match. How many of times have we seen a babyface champion? We looked at Big E when he was the WWE champion. He got pinned. We looked at Drew McIntyre when he was the WWE champion. He got pinned. And a whole consortium of babyface champions that have not been protected. Every time when a heel opponent pins them, we all know that there's going to be a title change. We don't see that with Roman Reigns. We don't even see that with Becky Lynch. And some of us are still sick of the whole Becky Lynch heel turn. And I don't want to go on a rabbit hole on that. But other than that, I think that this will be the time that we book Kevin Owens to become the new United States champion. I don't understand what the hell this whole Damian Priest alter ego is. And just to have a flashback, remember the time back in the Rootless Aggression era when we had Jesse and Festus, and Jesse was Festus' mouthpiece. Of course, that's none other than Luke Gallows. He was Festus. And Jesse was the, uh, he was the mouthpiece for none other 
Then Festus, Jesse came in, he, he said his bit, and when the bell rang, when the bell rang, Festus turned into the absolute monster that he was and just annihilated whoever was in the ring with Festus. Now that would have been awesome if you did it with Damian Priest. Every time the bell rings, Damian Priest goes berserk and he beats the crap out of the opponent that he faces in the ring. Would that mean that he turns heel? Maybe, but we see a character change and we see the connection of why he goes berserk. The bell rings. We saw that with Festus and the Rootless Aggression Era. It would have made sense to have something like that with Damian Priest. But other than that, Kevin Owens is going to be the, the new United States champion down the line. And I don't know what they do with this whole character of Damian Priest. Going back to Mustafa Ali, I wish him all the best. And we are finally getting a Veer Mahan vignette, folks. I am so excited to see what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks leading up to the Royal Rumble in terms of where Veer Mahan is going to be placed, if he debuts or not. But other than that, I hope you have a blessed week, folks, and I will talk to you all next time. Uh, DJ, you do not hold back, my friend. You just say it like it is with so much energy every week. Certainly cuts up the monotonous uh, Bob, Bob Ross voice, apparently, that I have. So thank you, DJ, for waking up those that were maybe sleeping <laughs> during our show. They certainly uh, got a wake-up call there in a good way. So uh, a couple of points. Veer Mahan, Veer Mahan, Veer Mahan, Veer, Veer whatever. Uh, yeah, look, the dude is uh, forever stuck in vignette hell. I, I mean, he is uh, just s- somewhere in the ether just constantly recording uh, vignettes and he's back this week. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of who tosses him over the top rope on, on next Saturday uh, at the Royal Rumble event. So yeah, I mean, Vera Mahan, maybe they do something big with him. I think they just don't know what the hell to do with him. So they just created a bunch of vignettes and then they thought, well, along the way we'll uh, figure out what they want to do. And they haven't. How many months has it been now? It's, ins- it's, it's, it's just an ongoing running joke. Maybe he'll just be the character that is uh, you know, forever stuck in vignettes. I mean, maybe that's his gimmick. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Kevin Owens becoming un- the new United States champion. I like it. Kevin Owens, I feel like D- WWE has always kind of felt that KO belongs in that that kind of le- at that level, even though he has he did win the Universal Championship under very, uh, very, very uh, controversial circumstances with Triple H literally handing it to him, I believe, at 2016, 2017 SummerSlam. Um, but that said, you know, he... I think belongs in the main event. WWE does not. They have shown that time and again, that when he gets the main event, he can't ever win it. He'll just participate and then leave. And that said though, again, the Royal rumble or the United States championship picture, I think is a perfect place for, for, uh, for KO. And I think he is the next United States champion. As far as the bell ringing for, for um, Damian priest. And then you use that as his trigger. You, you could do that. And it, is, it would be Festus-like. Those that don't know who Festus is, Google it. Um, it was Luke Gallows, and it was kind of a weird gimmick where he would hear the bell and he'd go crazy. He'd hear the bell again, and he would go into this like comatose state. And you know, I wouldn't mind that, but you know, um, I don't think they'll go that road. I just want to know why they why he has this darkness. Where did it come from? He was he's been in WWE for how long? We never heard about this or saw it. What triggered this? And why are you calling it by your first name? If you if it's not you, give it another name. I've said that before. 
Um, but if they use the bell ringing, I don't think that's a bad idea. But the problem is then he's at 100% all the time. And the allure of this thing is that it you don't know when it's going to come out or how it's going to get triggered. If you know every time the bell rings, which it does at the beginning of every match, then you know immediately that he's going to just go right into Damien mode. And I think it just kind of takes the, the spontaneity out of that. Is he going to snap this time? Can he keep it under control? Because it's automatically going to be triggered at the beginning of every match. So, DJ, thank you for your energy. Thank you for your analysis and your passion for this product and for this podcast. It is always a, a pleasure to hear from you. And uh, we'll be talking to you next week. Rumble week, guys, next week. So, all right, let's get to our next voicemail. Hello, Matt. This is Sharon from Israel. I'm calling to you second week in a row. Now WWE is getting more interesting. So, yeah, I guess I will bring uh, more messages to you. So, first of all, I want to ask you something. Maybe the listeners also. Is it also, is it just me that heard uh, glitches in the Friday Night Smackdown? That was this uh, Friday. I thought those glitches in the sound were connected to the thermostat of the air conditioner, and I really thought that in the end of the show, maybe the hacker will come back or something that will help uh, Seth Rollins. So I don't know if it was just me. So yes, so maybe someone else. Yes, um, there was uh, glitches in the sound that they heard. This is one thing. Second thing. Um, you uh, keep speaking about the Roman Reigns face uh, possibility. I don't know, it looks so weird that he still have uh, the Usos that helps him, but from the other side, every city that he goes, he says to them, acknowledge me. So, I don't know, it looks kind of in between, but now it's Roman Reigns. So, I think that they, they are making him um, much more of a respectful uh, a respectful wrestler and not just a, a heel or a face. This is the second thing. The third thing that you spoke about, uh, Dean Ambrose, that they showed him in the Shield uh, videos in uh, Friday Night Smackdown. Yeah, I was also surprised. It was really weird to see him once again. All the time they used to erase him from the history, but now they showed uh, they showed John Moxley or yeah John Moxley. So yeah, um, it was weird to see it, but it, it makes it more interesting to see what will happen next. And what's more, I don't know. I've got to say that uh, nowadays in the World Rumble, I really don't know who is going to win. Who is going to be the winner? I really don't want that the winner will be someone that won uh, last year or two years ago. Maybe it will be AJ Styles. What do you think about that? It can be good. The women as well, Rumble, I really think it will be Alexa Bliss. Um, yeah, that's it. So, yeah, please tell me what you think about what I said now. And uh, see you later. Bye. Well, Sharon, two weeks in a row. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I hope we uh, continue to hear from you. Hope all is well over there in Israel. And uh, okay, uh, I'll go through a couple of your points here. And uh, 
you asked asked about the glitches on SmackDown, the sound glitches on SmackDown. I didn't hear that, but I also say that your your voicemail this week actually sounded a little um, a little lower in your quality. Usually, your voicemails are very very clear, and you know while there's background noise, usually I, I don't. Your, your voice is very clear in the, in the uh, the email or the voicemails you send me. So this week it sounded a little muffled, and your sound was kind of going in and out and fluctuating, as you you can hear yourself in this own voicemail, obviously. So I don't know if that has anything to do with what connection issues you're having, or if it's unrelated. Um, but I didn't have any issues on SmackDown. No, to be fair, I didn't watch it live either. I was watching it on delay. So if there were sound issues, maybe they got them fixed in post production. I don't know. Uh, but I didn't personally hear anything on the Hulu version. I don't know if anybody else experienced this live. The second thing about Dean Ambrose and video packages. Yeah, I mentioned this as he's one of the three possibilities of that quote unquote forbidden door entrant in the Rumble. I think Dean Ambrose is one. I think uh, of Braun Strowman's another and Jericho's another. I think those three are ones that are the real possibility of a, a surprise kind of cameo appearance at the Rumble. I don't think any of them will win if any of them show up at all, but it'd be that forbidden door that WWE never opens. But for him, them to show Dean Ambrose very prominently in those video packages promoting the shield, which by the way, they didn't even need to do. Why the hell are they even showing the shield? Who cares about the shield? The shield's dead and gone. It's been dead and gone for a long time. Why are we going back to that? You know, these are two different characters now. And again, for, for them to not really hide Dean Ambrose, like they normally would. Anybody that leaves WWE and goes to it, especially another promotion, usually is blackballed by the company and they go to great lengths to essentially erase them from their history or never mention them on air again. And if they have video packages, they do the best they can to kind of edit that individual or individuals out. Um, and, and in this case, they didn't go to great lengths. They just put them out there. And that, that's that's very interesting to me. Um, he is back in AEW. He's seemingly doing much better. He's sober. He's doing much, you know, much healthier looking. So, Maybe this is a sign that he's actually just timing it right to come back for the rumble. And it could be wrong, but something to, to chew on your picks about AJ styles and Alexa. I think Alexa right now is my favorite to win. As far as AJ styles, I love it. I think he's a dark horse. I think he's one of those ones that you, most people don't suspect, but I would love it. And it would shoot him immediately back into the title picture. And, 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 and you know, for all the time that he's been hidden in a tag team, from those many months, it feels like he's been away from the title picture for years. That would immediately provide rocket fuel to him into the main event. And I think fans would uh, would, would gravitate towards it. AJ Styles right now is a baby face. So I think fans would love it. And, and I would too. But I don't think it's going to happen. So I hate to pour cold water on it. But I while he is a he's in the realm of possibility, I don't think it's likely. I think they have their eyes on someone else. But uh, thank you, Sharon, for your voicemail. All right. Now, I promised a, a voicemail from uh, Jeff from the Philippines, but he wrote in. I thought Jeff uh, sent us a voicemail, but I am mistaken. So Jeff does write to us and he says he, he has a few points. Number one, if the title versus title match between Brock and Roman will actually happen at WrestleMania, what do you think will happen to the winner of their men's Royal Rumble match? Is it going to be a triple threat? Also, if it's title versus title match, it's actually going to happen. They then should definitely end the brand split. Wrestlers also get to appear on both Raw and SmackDown without explanation. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right, Jeff. I mean, if this title versus title match between Brock and Roman actually happens at WrestleMania, what do I think is going to happen to the winner of the men's Royal Rumble match? Here's what I think is going to happen. I think the winner of the Royal Rumble match could be Brock Lesnar. That's how I think what happens. 
That's exactly what I think what happens. Or you said it could be a triple threat. I don't know if they want a third party in that. I think Vince does want one-on-one, but those two options are exactly right. It could be a triple threat, or Brock could be the one to enter the Rumble and go on to WrestleMania. I mean, why not? All he has to do is declare it per the rules of the Royal Rumble. All you do is just declare it. Like I said last night, it's like, you know, uh, it's, it's like Michael Scott from The Office. When he declares bankruptcy, he just stands in the middle of the office floor and says, I declare bankruptcy. And they're like, Michael, that's not how it works. You, you can't just say it out loud and declare bankruptcy. <laughs> One of the funniest moments of The Office. But that, that's kind of like the rules here. All you have to do is declare it. So why not Brock do it? You know, peop, I, I think that's a real possibility. Brock wins the Royal Rumble. All right. Uh, your second point, Jeff. Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander attacked Bobby Lashley two weeks in a row. So technically, that would make Bobby Lashley a babyface, but MVP sometimes interferes in this match. In his matches, that is still a little heelish. And Brock is currently a babyface, so the match at Rumble wouldn't be a heel-face dynamic. However, Jeff, I will say that Bobby has distanced himself from MVP, and I think it's a slow turn. I don't think they're doing this with a, like a light switch type of mentality. I think it's more of like a volume knob that they are slowly turning either both of these guys to the opposite side where Bobby's turning baby face and Brock is turning heel right now. It does appear that we're on a path to that double turn. So it's not going to be a, a flip where he's all good and there's no MVP and MVP's acting all stand, you know, he's a stand up guy all of a sudden. It's just this slow kind of like, okay, Bobby's showing respect to Brock. He's, you know, he's being an upstanding guy. He's not, you know, using the numbers game to get advantage on his opponents. He's always said he doesn't need anybody. He's a solo guy and MVP is just kind of tagging along at this point. So he'll eventually shed all of his heel traits. But right now he's hanging on to at least MVP. So I think it's slow. That's why you're not seeing a totally pure babyface Bobby Lashley. It's slow. Number three, Mickey James is currently the Impact Knockouts champion. She will be at the Women's Royal Rumble. I'm not expecting much from the working relationship between WWE and Impact. Other fans expect they'll see other Impact wrestlers appear at the Rumble. Uh, I think this is only a one-time deal. However, I will be surprised if WWE would allow her to bring the belt at the Rumble. Thanks for everything. I hope everything's going well. Well, I hope everything's going well with you too, Jeff, in these crazy times. Um, Yeah, I mean, maybe that's the forbidden door that we're all just speculating about that it could be a massive name like CM Punk or Braun Strowman or, or, or Jericho or John Moxley, Dean Ambrose. Maybe none of these are right. And the forbidden door is just Mickey James. I'm sorry. That's a disappointment that nobody's clamoring for Mickey James to be a part of the rumble. Like nobody. The only reason they're doing this is because they need to fill spots. They need bodies to get to the number 30 uh, for the women's Royal rumble. That's the only reason they're doing this. They're not doing it out of the love of impact. They're doing this to fill a void. They need women in the rumble and they don't have enough women. That's why they're doing this. Uh, But maybe Braun Strowman comes in. You know, again, I, I believe he's with Impact right now. So, or no, he's with Ring of Honor, isn't he? I'm uh, just, I run my own podcast. I don't know these things. I know Braun Strowman is with one of the secondary promotions. Um, I, I thought it might have, might have been Ring of Honor. So, that said, you know, I don't expect her to bring the, the championship to the Rumble. No way. Vince would, I mean, that's like sacrilegious to Vince McMahon. There's no chance. None. <laughs> he he'd probably say to Mickey, keep that trash at home. That's probably what he'd say. Yeah, but uh, thank you, Jeff. Hope all's well with you. Okay, that definitely concludes the emails. I promise. I thought it was. A, I really, I really, honest to God, I thought it was a voicemail from Jeff because he very rarely writes in. He usually calls in. 
Um, but we do have a handful, a handful of, of voicemails. And uh, let's let's just jump right in. This one is, I believe, no, I don't believe I know it's Kyle from Baltimore. Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore. So I know I always talk about the women's division and all that stuff. And but this time we'll talk about Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Well, look, I'm a fan of both guys. I think more, more, more a fan of Seth Rollins and Reigns. I think, but um, the fact is that they always keep having. I mentioned this before about Roman Reigns. Yes, he's doing great work. Yes, he has. A, he's a great champion, but he is kind of like Becky Lynch, where people I can assume. I'm not, not positive. It was, it was in the podcast at the time about Becky just a little bit. Um, that people didn't like her title running was starting to get boring, old, and annoying because she was people didn't like Becky anymore when it was the beginning of, of 2020. And then, but so it's kind of the same way for Roman Reigns. Yes, he's doing good work, has, has great matches, but it's kind of like one and done. John Cena, one and done. Edge, one and done. R- Rollins can potentially be your one and done type of thing as well because it's all about Brock Lesnar. But I feel like even that's going to be, I guess, will have it twice uh, recently, but um, from Crown Jewel and then also from WrestleMania, that's what the direction they're going in. So, but I just think he needs to have credible opponents. And there's people, there's people on Monday Night Raw that I, that, you know, that's why I hope, I hope Bobby Lashley will win the championship just by default. So because there's, because there's Seth Rollins, there's Biggie, there's a lot of people on Raw that who can, who can face off for the championship. So that's just my main point is that Reigns could do the best job all he, all he wants to. But like I said before, without any credible opponents, for me, I like who cares because it's starting to – he's just repeating himself over and over and over again. And it's just not for, it's just not for me personally. Even though he's doing great work, I, it's to the point where just like how people felt about Becky, who cares type of feeling there's the, the what credible from the face like Becky had at the time in the past. That's the point of, of that. They need to have credible opponents on SmackDown in general because it's so thin. And I know they had injuries and all this stuff from Sasha, from other people. So I don't know. I don't know what they need to do on SmackDown, but they need to do something because this is hard to get repetitive and very boring every single week on SmackDown. So that's all I have for you. Thanks for the call. Bye. All right, Kyle. So message received as far as I mean, your, your comparison of Becky Lynch when she was Raw Women's Champion and Roman Reigns. I get it. I understand because it, it feels like it is. We're on, we're on like a hamster wheel and we're just kind of doing the same thing, seeing the same thing. And they've really, really run out of opponents for Roman. We'll get to that second argument in, in a minute or your, your complaint rather in a minute that there's no credible opponents. We'll get to that point in a minute. The first thing, though, is that you're comparing Roman Reigns' run to Becky Lynch's run and how fans started to kind of get bored with it and turn. They got very close to turning on Becky. Here's the difference, though. Becky Lynch was a babyface. WWE wasn't trying to get her, her booed. They, WWE, just mismanaged her run towards the end, especially when she started coming in in like semi Mack trucks. Remember, like semis? And she'd have like her face plastered on it and she started to wear stupid outfits not trying to get booed, but just trying to be cool and, 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 and I don't know, 
like just show off, but in a way that was supposed to come off as cool, but it came off as extremely egomaniacal. And uh, that's before any of this stuff that we're seeing now. Big time Bex didn't exist then. It was big time Bex before big time Bex was a thing. And see, that's the difference. The fans started to see that and go, yeah, this is annoying. On top of the fact that many people thought Shayna Baszler should have been the one to beat Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 36, the the the, the infamous silence uh, WrestleMania, which was just painful. I don't think I'll ever watch that back just out of my own sanity um, of no fault of WWE's obviously, but many people were very annoyed by the fact that Shayna Baszler just lost to Becky Lynch because people were ready for, for Becky to, to uh, drop it. They had their fun and their run with Becky from WrestleMania 35, the previous year in the main event, uh, pinning Ronda Rousey, uh, a roll up by the way, or a backslide. Yeah. Don't forget that. But that's, I think fans were ready and they were like, Oh, what? You know, they were ready for a new champion. Shayna Baszler was hot and then Becky won. And thank God she got pregnant because if she didn't, and she was still around, I think the fans would have turned on her. And they would have turned on her in a big way. Um, and they were, they were about to explode. Now, again, when I say fans, I mean that metaphorically, because at the time there were no fans, but at social media would have blown up. And they eventually just turned on her like a mob. And uh, I was I was one of them ready. I mean, I was just, I was over it with the whole, uh, just ego, the, the ego stuff that was supposed to come across cool, but it was not cool. Um, and then her and Seth, they had a program together with like Corbin and I think Lacey Evans and it was bad. They never, they do not have good on screen on screen chemistry. They're, they're behind the scenes behind closed doors. Chemistry does not translate to WWE television very well. It, it was bad. I mean, maybe it's different now because they're both heels and maybe that, that'd be more fun. In fact, I would, I would, I would enjoy them as a tag team or some kind of like, I, I don't know, some kind of unified power couple on the show. Um, but when they were baby faces together, it was insufferable. Uh, so again, Kyle, to, long story short, the difference is that the the fans weren't supposed to be annoyed with it then. They were because there was, there was just so many mismanaged things with Becky towards the end with creative. But also the opposite is true for Roman, where the fans should be getting annoyed. The fans should be getting restless of like, come on, can somebody just take the belt off Roman? That's the point here. Now, your second point about the WWE not having credible opponents for, for Roman, that's no fault of Roman's. There's no fault of Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns isn't responsible for the creative. He's not responsible for building new stars. Now he can help where he can help in the ring and provide advice backstage, but that's not who and what Roman Reigns is responsible for as a wrestler. He's responsible for going out and doing what he's told and busting his ass to the best of his ability, which he's done uh, and, and to keep himself in, in shape and to learn as much as he can and, and uh, you know, pick the brains and of, of of those who have come before him and all the, all those things, but he's not responsible for building new stars. That's the job of creative. That's the job of Vince and management to help build new stars. So it's not Roman Reigns' fault that they don't have anybody for him. I mean, they, they had to dip into the yesteryear pool of like John Cena. And now they, you know, they, they had Brock Lesnar, like they need to do that because they don't have established stars. And now they're just crossing brands because they don't have anybody else for Roman. So uh, I hear your frustration, Kyle. I do. I do. But um, yeah, maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the point if you're supposed to be annoyed with Roman Reigns' run. So thank you, Kyle. And let's get to the next one. You are receiving a call from an inmate in the Shelby County Jail, Memphis Mark. If you accept these charges, please press 9. All right, folks, it's Memphis Mark calling you from Mullet Manor. 
and I'm in COVID jail. A little under the weather, but we're going to go through this real quick. Uh, the shows this past week, nothing really to stand out to me. Omos, really. Uh, Edge and his wife uh, with Miz and uh, what's-his-face uh, there. Uh, I mean, they're filling a gap, I guess. They need time on a card uh, for the nostalgia, I guess you could say. Vince looking really bad. Uh, the makeup, um, just, it, it just, it really looks bad. Uh, Finn Balor, what are they doing to him? What are they doing to him? Uh, the worst pep talk I've heard, of course, I hate the 24-7, so it really doesn't matter. And since there's nothing really to just throw me out there and, and, and have a rant or a rave, um, let's go into a little history lesson real quick. Not too many people remember that Dominique, uh, Mysterio was actually using a storyline when he was eight years old where Eddie Guerrero was supposedly his father and he was going to sue for a paternity test. Go back a little bit. Check that out. Great storyline. And now look at Dominic. And then one quick uh, PS note on here. Uh, Corey Graves, is he starting to look creepier and creepier or what? Guys, spay and neuter. Try to stay well out there. Matt, get some sleep. Out. All right. Well, I think the main message is I need to get sleep. I, I think that's uh, the most important thing. The most, the biggest takeaway from this is I need to sleep. So I'll tell my wife, no problem. Hey, I'll say, listen, you know, we have one of our, our great listeners, Memphis Mark, who who said I need to get sleep. So you're going to have to take care of the kids tonight. You know, I, I, I think that'll work. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so... First of all, I hope you get well better uh, soon because COVID has, you know, it affects everyone differently, but uh, I hope it's not nailing you too hard and that, um, you know, you're, 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 you're just resting and, and taking any medication you need to and that you're back on your feet, so to speak, as uh, soon as you can. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Finn Balor, I don't know what the hell they're doing with him. I have no idea. I really don't. Um, it, it's a shame how over the guy is his entrance, how good he was in NXT when he went back and then they bring him back and he goes to Roman Reigns, falls off the top rope and he's been falling ever since. It's uh, it's a travesty and he's being used as essentially an, a glorified enhancement talent right now. He doesn't get a chance to even talk anymore on the mic and he's good on the mic or as the, the, the boys would say, the stick, right? He's, he's not even getting a chance to, 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 to talk versus much less win a match. It's, it's really just puzzling what they're doing with Finn Balor. Really puzzling um, and frustrating, too. Dominic, yeah, I do remember that storyline very well. Yep, um, and, and I've talked about it a few times on this show, and one of the reasons I was hoping that Dom, Dominic and Ray would have a, a program together and that Dominic would turn heel and turn on his dad, you know, talking about how, how psychologically damaging that was, and I remember what you did, and, you know, Eddie Guerrero uh, was my real dad. I mean, they could go down a lot of paths here, right? And he, he said, you know, he, he could say that he goes to therapy for all the trauma he went through as a child. Like, there's a lot, and they didn't do it. But I remember that. I think they were going to have, like, a ladder match for the custody papers, if I'm not mistaken, for Dominic. I remember that very well, Mark, very well. Um, and uh, I think that was 2004 or so on SmackDown. As far as Corey, Corey Graves looking creepier and creepier, yeah, I, I don't really pay attention too much to Corey Graves. He has had so many different iterations of his outfits and his hair and, you know, whatever else he does with his, uh, his, his image. 
I don't really look. I mean, now I'm going to take a keen eye. Uh, but, I mean, offhand, he, he's just kind of a – he's got kind of just a resting, creepy face to begin with. You know, we we all know what RBF stands for, resting blank face. You know, a lot of the times that's um, that's appropriated to women, unfairly, but I think it applies to anybody. Corey Graves has like a, an RCF, a resting, creepy face. He just does. You know, I mean, with the neck tattoo and – just the way that he, his mannerisms sometimes, the way he looks at the camera. But here's the thing, Mark. He's cleared to wrestle now. Reports are that he is cleared to wrestle and he will be returning to the ring at some point. So perhaps he decides to evacuate the announce desk and randomly attack somebody. I, I, you know, I would love to see Corey Graves in the ring again. I think he could talk well. He's had a perspective of sitting at the desk, being able to know what works and what doesn't more than most. So I, I really hope that uh, he gets in the ring because he could be an excellent heel. I, I would love to see it. I mean, he, he was an NXT, and I think he'd be even better now. All right, Mark. Thank you. Get well soon, and we will keep our animals spayed and neutered. All right, let's continue on. A few more to go. Hey, Matt. It's Kyle from New York again. I don't, I guess I'll call myself New York Kyle for now on. Kyle from New York's way too long, and people haven't called me New York Kyle on this Discord. So uh, I'm going to call myself New York Kyle or NY Kyle for now on, so if you, if you want to call me that too, so it's shorter. Um, so first off, I want to say shout out to you for giving me the Discord server. I love it so far. It's a lot of fun. Um, shout out to everyone on there that's giving a warm welcome. Uh, shout out to uh, I think Brad from Pennsylvania on the weekend review. That was fun. Uh, one question I have, though. I was just curious. I mean, I, I, I get it. You have the, uh, your two kids and stuff, so I know I get why you're doing the short reviews, like with the, with the co-hosts. But just curious, are you ever going to go back to the long ones again? Because I sound, I'm going to sound a little selfish now, but I love the long, I love the long reviews, like the two-hour, three-hour ones. I, I, I get it though. I know why you're doing short right now. Short ones right now. I'm just curious. Are you actually going to ever go to do the long ones again one day? Just curious. My other question is, uh. Brain fart. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, now I remember. I really don't see Brock Lesnar as a baby face right now. I know he's supposed to be, but he feels like a heel. He's being a total jerk to everybody. <laughs> I know he wasn't here this week or last week, well, last Monday on Raw, not on SmackDown or Raw, but, yeah, I know he wasn't here this this week on Raw and last week on SmackDown. But when he was here, when he had to face, face, of, face to face with Bobby Lashley, he was a real jerk. Bobby was a baby face. To me, Bobby's a baby face right now. So, yeah. And uh, this her business feud's still going on. I'm sick of it. It needs to end. But the Bobby Lashley Brock Lesnar video package was uh, pretty good on Raw. So my question to you, Matt, is: Do you think Brock is a face or a heel right now? And do you think Bobby's a face or a heel right now? I'm just, I'm just wondering what you think. For the Bobby Lashley Brock Lesnar feud. Which one of them is the heel? Which one of them is the face? Are they both heels? Are they both faces? I don't know. Let me know. And my three minutes is about to run out. So thanks as always. And I'll talk to everyone next week. Hey Matt, it's it's New York Kyle again. Um, right now, I know I just I know I already sent a voicemail, but I forgot to say something. This is my second voicemail. I am sending it on Wednesday, twelve eight twelve eighteen in the morning because I stay up late because I work late. Um, but, um, I wanted to call, call back to say today, Wednesday, January 19th is officially my birthday. 
I am uh, 21 years old today. Just wanted to let everyone know. Everyone wants to wish me a happy birthday because, you know, um, you need you need to you need, you need to wish me a happy birthday or else, time to turn heel there. Um, <laughs> no, seriously. Today is actually my birthday. I was born January 19th, 2001, at 5:28 in the morning. I am 21 21 years old now. So yeah. So the reason why I'm saying this now is because. You know, the, tonight when you're recording the mailbag, it will still be my birthday. So I'm saying this now. This is my birthday day. So if you want, maybe put in a little birthday jingle for my voicemail. You know how like, you put the DJ booth thing in for DJ Kuzmo? If you want, maybe you could put in a little birthday thing for, <laughs> for me if you want. Or if you already played the voicemail before, you heard, like, if you if you played the voicemail already, you already heard this, and you get the little sound in time, maybe after the voicemail is over, I don't know. I'm just messing around. But yeah. Just wanted to say that, and uh, yeah, here's to another here's to another uh, 21 more years of listening to this awesome podcast, my favorite podcast that uh, I listen to, best podcast in the world. It's all thanks to everyone here. So yeah, thanks as always. Happy 20 21st birthday to me. I'll talk to everyone next week. Happy birthday to. All right. That, that, let me just say this. That is one song I never thought I would ever play on this show. <laughs> like, never, under any circumstances. But for you, Kyle, uh, happy birthday. Uh, happy 21st. <laughs> uh, it is 10.59 p.m. Wednesday night, so it is still your birthday. 21 is a, a big marker uh, for some. Maybe you're not celebrating in that way. If you're not and you're just kind of hanging out at home, you know, cool, good for you. Uh, if you are and you're celebrating in a more festive, uh, much more, um, I guess, alcohol-induced way, stay safe and uh, drink responsibly, as we all do at 21 years old. I, I cannot vouch that for myself. I, I'm now 36, almost 37. And boy, does it feel like 21 was just a, a blink of an eye ago. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm i not going to go into it. I, mean, I, may, I may make a whole other podcast separately if I ever get the time of day. Uh, back in my life to 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 talk about other stuff other than wrestling but um happy birthday brother hope all is well and uh yeah so okay so some things here number one you're now in new york kyle cool i'll go with it uh i like that shorter easier the long reviews with other co-hosts that's my plan like i want to get back to the 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 one to two hours sometimes longer uh interviews and conversations with the other co-hosts I really enjoyed it, and I know you and others did too. So when I'm saying that I'm only bringing people back for 30 minutes, it's just to ease myself back in, to see how things go, to see if I get interrupted with, you know, uh, trying to having to play dad and all that stuff. So like I, my goal is to just kind of tiptoe back into the podcast or the uh, the co-hosting realm because I miss it. But right now, 30 minutes uh, are, are probably the maximum. But eventually, yes, Kyle, the goal is to get back to where I was. And I eventually will get there. I mean, as my daughter gets older, I mean, she sleeps, she should, in theory, sleep better and have a more predictable sleep schedule. Like right now, it's 11 o'clock at night and I'm like listening with another ear. Like I'm listening one ear on this podcast, the other ear is listening for the crying and my wife asking for help, right? So it's like, I'm always tap dancing around and uh, waiting for the bomb to go off, so to speak. But yes, the long form um, conversations will be returning at some point. 
Uh, let's see. As you know, um, as far as Brock being a jerk, and that is he heel babyface. I mean, I went over this a lot during the podcast already because many people ask this. Um, I, I think the slow turn is on. I think the slow turn is on that it's the babyface Brock is going away and babyface Bobby is coming and heel Brock is is returning and heel Bobby is going away. They're flip flopping, but I think it's slow. Uh, that said, isn't the appeal though of Brock Lesnar being a jerk kind of kind of his appeal though, right? Like Brock Lesnar being a jerk is part of his appeal because I think authenticity is the great deodorant for arrogance. Meaning, I think a lot of people will go, yeah, he's arrogant, but he's authentic. Authenticity with Brock Lesnar has always been the best attribute about Brock. Whether he was actually, quote unquote, playing a character or not. And right now, I feel like he's being more himself than anything. And why I think while he's acting like a heel, people will forego that with the perception that he's being authentic. So with that, I think that's why he's not getting booed is because people see at him right now and go, whoa, this is like a different version of Brock. This is like the real Brock we're getting. Yeah, he's acting like a jerk, but that's Brock. Brock can do whatever he wants. You know, that's half of the appeal is that. Plus, you add on the authenticity, and that's why he's not getting booed, even though you, you, you take any of the content and things he said and slap it on anybody else, and they'd be a heel in 10 seconds. So that's what I think is going on. But uh, Kyle, happy birthday, brother. Hope it's a great one. And uh, yeah, the next 21 years, you are locked into this show. You're not going anywhere. You're trapped. You're mine now. Okay. You you are you are a slave to this show. All right. Okay. Nothing like, uh, you know, telling your listeners that they don't have a choice to listen to the show and that they're a slave to the show. That, that's how you get them. All right. Let's, uh, is this the final voicemail? No, two more. Two more voicemails, and then we'll call it a night. So uh, let's get to the second-to-last voicemail. This is Kanye Twippy. <laughs> uh, Becky Lynch getting knocked out by her tag team partner, Dewdrop. Trash. Uh, Dewdrop uh, splashing on Becky Lynch's face from the second rope. Fire. Uh, Dewdrop's outfit. Trash. Uh, Kevin Owens wearing a tie with a red t-shirt. Uh, fire. Uh, Jimmy Smith. Trash. Uh, Corey Graves. Fire. Michael Cole. Fire. Uh, Pat McAfee. Uh, fire. Tulsa, uh, <laughs> uh, Oklahoma. Trash. MLK Day segment on Raw, a lunchable break. MLK Day itself, the holiday, fire. Liv Morgan's new theme song, trash. Rick Boog's new haircut, fire. Sami Zayn's shopping cart, Fire! Natalia reading the Guinness Book of World Records? Trash! Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins? Absolute fire! Her business breaking up the match? Trash! Anything her business? Trash! Some bands in California also having the name Kanye Twitty? Ha <laughs> ha! Look it up on Google? Trash! This was Kanye Twitty and I am out! So. Uh- I'm really not sure if that was actually uh, formerly known as Crisis Colony Twitty. I I really don't know because the voice quality was not as good. I'm going to assume it was really you, but I don't know if it's someone imitating you. Uh, I'm going to go with authentic, but it sounded like somebody could be just like imitating a voice of yours. So I don't know what to make of that because the voice quality is much different from what I normally get from you. Uh, probably because you did it through my voice service and not just uh, sent me the file directly like you normally do. So if this is really you, and I, I'll go with yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the assumption that this is really you, um, given the fact that the voice quality sounds different. Uh, and yeah, I mean, 
you seem pretty spot on. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't uh, personally attack me this week. There's got to be some opinion or some kind of ad displacement that I've done this week to uh, earn the trash list, you know, or at least a, a lunchable break. There's got to be something. I mean, there's nothing like personal attacks and then allowing those people on your show on a continuous basis to uh, personally attack you. I mean, that, that is the that's the trademark of a true co-host or a true podcast host. So. All right. <laughs> oh, gosh. We get all forms of voicemails here. I love it. I love it. I really do. I don't mean that in a sarcastic way. It's, it's great. Okay, guys, uh, let's close this out. And I think I know who this is. You are going to be very happy with who this is. So uh, this is a perfect way to close the show. And it's, it's not uh, Justin from Maryland. No, it's not. Uh, so, Justin, we miss you this week, man. I don't know where you're at, but... Um, Justin, we need to get you back on as a closer. So, uh, yeah, we miss you. But uh, that's okay because in your place, I got to say we have a suitable replacement. And you'll, I think even Justin from Maryland would agree with this. So uh, let's close things out. Hey, everybody. It's Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan here. And Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. And we just want to remind everybody that next week is the TakeOver Show. So give, give us your Royal Rumble predictions. Give us your championship predictions. Give us your rants and all that good stuff. And while we're here, Matt, we want to ask you a couple questions. Number one, I want to know who do you think is going to go into WrestleMania as WWE champion and Universal champion? And second, if nobody else has asked, who do you think is going to be the last four participants in the male and the female World Rumble this year? So that's what we got for you this week. Um, we're going to sign off now. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. I told you guys. I told you that Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan giving us a tease of next week as they will be doing a takeover show. All of the emails will be going to Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan. So send them to me at realwwepodcast at gmail.com. If you're a patron, you just send it through the internal messaging service that they have, and I'll send it on to Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan. I'll be answering all the voicemails. So I'll be doing the the, the second half Rather, I'll be doing the first half of the show with the voicemails at, at the beginning, and the Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling fan will take over from there and do the, um, the all the emails and things. So, gosh, they're, they're just so they're so great uh, to to be able to to do this because they number one, you guys love them, I love them, and they bring such a unique perspective and they ask such great questions. And, and as far as as far as uh, Mr. Casual Wrestling fan, you're asking who do I have going into w- to WrestleMania as Universal and WWE Champion? I have Roman Reigns going in as Universal Champion. And I still have, oh boy. Oh, the WWE title is a lot more difficult. A lot more difficult. Because here's the thing. WWE teased the championship versus championship match a couple weeks ago on SmackDown. I don't want to see it because that would mean they're unifying the titles. And effectively ending the brand split. I like the brand split. Um, But who do I think is going into WrestleMania as champion? WWE champion? probably uh, I I still got to say this is going to be very boring. I still think Brock Lesnar, if you're going to put a gun in my head, a second, very close second is Bobby Lashley and or Seth Rollins, because I don't think Seth Rollins is winning the universal championship. So I think it's either Bobby Lashley or Seth. If Brock doesn't go in as champion as WWE champion, but Roman to me is a lock that he goes in as universal champion. But as far as, and, and somebody else did ask about the four remain, the final four for each, and I copped out. Then I'm going to continue to cop out like a coward 
and say that I have not seen all the shows and I don't know all the participants, so I can't give you a fully informed answer. Boy, if that's not a political answer, <laughs> like a politician would, uh, would would answer a tough question that I don't know what is. I, I guess I watch the news too much. Um, but it's, 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 it's like halfway true. Like part of it is that I, it's, it's, you know, I've been doing this now for two and a half hours and I am just exhausted. <laughs> and also half of the truth is that it, I really haven't seen, and none of us have the remaining shows to be able to formulate that. Because what if there is a surprise entrant that we learn about over the next week? You know, what if we learn about two or three or four or five new mega participants, you know, that are, that are possible winners, then my answer would change. But, um, so I'm going to cop out and be a coward to everyone on this show and to the casual wrestling fan and potentially risk losing listeners by just being a complete shill and not answering the question. So, <laughs> well, I'm taking some risks tonight. Um, all right. Well, Mr. And Mr. Casual wrestling fan, we're looking forward to you guys taking over the show next week in part with the emails and everything. So um, I- I'm really excited about that. And don't forget guys, email, 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 email. If you want Mr. And Mrs. Casual wrestling fan to answer, but also answer the voicemails. So, Thank you, as always. And wait, 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 wait. Don't forget, I, I, before I forget, rather, I wanted to give a shout out to our latest patron because I, I, I don't want to forget Jacob Bryant. So, Jacob, thank you for being a patron of the show. Much appreciated. Enjoy all of your ad-free content. And uh, that is it. I can sign off. I did this in one show. Hallelujah. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you to the contributors, the email, the voicemails, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan, everybody and DJ and uh, we will talk to you soon take care and be safe thanks for listening to the WWE podcast don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com and for all of these shows ad free head over to patreon.com slash wwe podcast until then we'll see you next time